everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. How's it going, GR Dad? Pretty good. It's a, I am anticipating and nervous and excited. <laughs> so uh, today I was tweeting about the fact that we've started monetizing some of our YouTube videos. So they show ads and kind of asking people what they think about that because uh, I don't want it to be super annoying, but I do want to take Google's money. And some people were like, oh, you know, I listened to some of the old snaps to fall asleep. And I was like, cool, we can unmonetize the old snaps because, you know, the vast majority of the views are on the new snaps. And then someone was like, I was waiting in line to get vaccinated at like a mass vaccination site. And I spent three hours in my car, like snaking through the line, listening to old podcasts. And I was like, dear dad, we need to make a three hour podcast <laughs> for people who are waiting in line at mass vaccination sites to get their vaccine. So this podcast is going to be uninteresting and meaningless, but it's going to be good background noise if you want to fall asleep to the sound of our voices or if you're stuck in your car for three hours at a vaccination site, it's going to be intentionally rambly. We're going to talk about whatever we want. There will be no dog updates. There will be no cocktail of the week that we're on our second pitcher of sangria. Totally unrelated to this plan. <laughs> it may describe the quality of this plan. In other words, it's the podcast I would always make if you <laughs> let me with your your censorship. <laughs> your dad's like, but you're always like, it has to be interesting. I'm like, not this one. This one doesn't have to be interesting. I always think uninteresting and long <laughs> is better than interesting and short. So I thought to guide us through this uninteresting podcast that we can totally vary from this. I looked up a internet list of questions to ask people on a first date some of which would make things my last date if someone asked me these questions. Okay. But we could go through some of these. I'm going to sure. skip it's the rest. It's better rate. than like which Hogwarts house are you because you're not into Harry Potter, for that example. That could be on this list, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not into Harry Potter. And frankly, with everything that has emerged about J.K. Rowling, I'm sort of extra glad I'm not into Harry Potter. There's a whole philosophical debate about that. Yep. There sure is. I, I have mixed feelings on it, actually. Well, you punish the artist for the art, blah, blah, blah. I really liked her Robert Galbraith books, like her mystery books. And her whole transphobic stuff came out bef right before her latest Robert Galbraith book. And I had pre-ordered the latest Robert Galbraith book. And I can't even listen to it. Maybe it just sucks. Maybe I just can't deal with her anymore. No, nah, I think there's more. Uh, she's more like aggressively transphobic and sexist in some of these later Galbraith things too. Jer mom is bisexual and we are allies of the whole LGBTQ community. Totally. Trans women are women. JK Rowling's an idiot. I don't yeah. know if I should just shut the hell up. If you don't like that, you can go ahead and unfollow us. Okay. Yes. Unlike us. Fine. I don't care. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, I didn't say it would be interesting. I just no. said it would be long. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's what she said. All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> who's the most fascinating person you've met other than me? Oh, my God. That <laughs> leaves me no one. I knew that's what you would say. Crap. <clears throat> Have you oh met any, like, interesting people? Fascinating people? Fascinating is the word. I, I think my high school roommate, Drew, was fascinating. Oh, that's interesting. He wasn't interesting. He, I mean, he's not dead. He is an interesting guy. He's a, he's a very interesting guy. A guy who's, like, 
inspirational in many ways and just in some ways doing stuff that I'm, I'm not going to do, but it's awesome. Yeah. Homeschooled um, on a farm, a goat farm in California by hippie parents. Went to Harvard with me, was was one of my roommate for a few years. And then went to Harvard Med School while living out of a van. Yeah, homeless. One would call that homeless. One might. Intentionally, though, that was by choice. Like, he probably could have got an apartment but oh, chose to live in his van. he has money. Yeah, right. I mean, he, he had loans then and, and debts. But, like, spent a year. He got a Rockefeller scholarship, scholarship and spent a, a year driving around the Sahara Desert studying goats in Mali Yeah. in a you know, van that he outfitted himself with his <laughs> with his then girlfriend slash wife. Um, and he's always just done whatever the hell he wants, and he's been really good at it. And he's a great guy. I, I respect him hugely, but he's doing he's on a completely different path for me. He's fascinating. He's a medical doctor now, is that right? He is an emergency surgeon. Yeah. Emergency room surgeon, like the, yeah. I went to college with a guy like this who we were in Model UN together, and he... Uh, you know, I always, it's interesting in academia. <laughs> I just backtracked on myself like three times there. Uh, it's interesting in academia that there are a lot of people who come from backgrounds of privilege, which I see especially now as a faculty member because I'm very conscious. Like, I worked 40 hours a week at the end of my undergrad. I always worked as an undergrad, and it was kind of 10, 15 hours a week my first year, and then it was like 20, which was like the upper limit. And then people were signing off on stuff. So I was working 40 hours a week and going to school full-time at the University of Chicago my third and fourth years. Um, the hustle was very real to me. And my parents paid my tuition, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like... I you mean, didn't have I, to. I wouldn't have been able to afford my tuition. At U- University of Chicago is very expensive. But I was paying for everything else. Like I was paying for my rent and my groceries and like all of my expenses. I didn't get an allowance or anything. And... Uh, I, I very much respect the hustle and, you know, like right. it's, I mean, it's a lovely gift that my parents paid my tuition, but I'm aware that there's also a lot of students whose parents don't pay their tuition. And, you know, my parents helped me out with some things when I was in graduate school, but I wasn't, you, you know, if you're in the academic track, you're not paying tuition when you're a graduate student, right? You have a, a small stipend, uh, which is not enough to cover your living expenses, but it's something, right? Your tuition's paid for, you have health insurance and... Um, you get a small stipend for the year. But I note that I have students who are, you know, especially being at the University of Maryland is really interesting that there's a lot of students who are like first generation students, like their families aren't, can't afford to send them to school. Right. And so they're working to pay their tuition and pay their living expenses and sometimes support their families. Like I'm super aware of this. And, and among my graduate students, like super aware that like, okay, you're a PhD student but you also are doing other stuff because you have to pay rent and you have to pay bills and you have to survive. And like, sometimes you're married and your spouse yeah. isn't making just, that much just, money. Just sitting around like being a PhD student seems very sort of Victorian. Like I'm just thinking all day. I'm philosophizing all day. Yeah. I just think deep thoughts. Like that's doesn't seem like the reality of most PhD candidates or many There's academics. a lot of students who are like that, whose parents just have money and they pay their rent and they send them a allowance every week or every month to oh. pay their bills and so they can go out and like Jeez. then it's know. not that hard 
It's, it's not that know. hard. It's different. I mean, undergrads too, right? Who, yeah. you know, they're just not like paying their bills. And, and I mean, more power to them, right? Like, I don't think you're morally bad if your parents are going to like make your life easier like that. But I'm, and, and look, not to discount the fact that my parents paid a ton of money for my tuition. Uh, but like, I'm aware of like having to hustle to pay your bills. And when I was in grad school, you know, I had, I was married to my first husband who was not reliably working and had a ton of bills. Like I was the breadwinner for the household and you know, any money that he made went to pay the debts that he had when we got married. So like I was the one making the money to pay the rent and pay the electricity and all of that. Um, and, and that's all to say that like, having gone to the university of Chicago for my undergrad and masters and then getting into a PhD program, you encounter a lot of students who come from these backgrounds where they have like super rich parents or I mean, wealthy, wealth, yeah. wealthier parents who are able to support them. Uh, but I went to one of the guys I went to undergrad with had a similar kind of upbringing to Drew, I think, where like he worked in sewage treatment for a while, oh, <laughs> like cool. something you never hear from undergrads. Yeah. And when he was in like, now I, I graduated from undergrad in 99. So 95 to 99 is when I was an undergrad. I think this guy was a couple years ahead of me, right? So I was in elementary school like in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, when your dad was in college. And uh, <laughs> so this guy was a couple years older than me. Mm -hmm. When he was in like late elementary school, his parents took him out of school or his dad and they went on an around the world boat Oh, that's trip. cool. And like a sailboat or a yacht? Like a, or a cruise? I think it was, no, no, like a sailboat. Wow. And at some point their sailboat crossed into Soviet waters because there was a Soviet Union and they got stopped by like some Soviet battleship. Oof. So it's like this teeny tiny, like three person sailboat sailing around the world. Oh my God. And then this like giant Soviet ship like stopping them because they crossed into Soviet waters without Man. permission. And the Russians are like, you're spies, probably. Like yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, they got out of whatever it was, but he, it sounds like he had one of these similar, just sort of like, uh, like sort of hippie upbringings. Where, I mean, it's, That's it's not quite cool. hi like hippie, like you're on a commune farm kind of thing, but similar kind of thing. I loved this guy. It was yeah. like, you have to work to make your money, right? Your parents are like doing super interesting stuff. That's yeah. like so good for you as a, a thinker and a human, but they don't have a ton of money. Um, and you know, you're going to, work whatever jobs you're going to get and do interesting stuff. I mean, he, he was a very cool person to, my to friend had to. a, had a conflict though. I mean, he was, he was sticking it to the man pretty happily and he, Oh yeah. well, he's like, his whole thing was there were four, he had three siblings. So four of them, three of them got into Harvard college, like mm -hmm. all homeschooled. And the parents were like, like on the today show, they did like a whole circuit oh, wow. and were like famous. And so he, like, he was, somewhat of a minor celebrity right right <laughs> as that um but he was also like you know he believed in the power of credit <laughs> debt right yeah but we were in college he'd like sign up this is a thing this is totally dating this is a boomer thing right he signed up for all the columbia house oh my god i membership. totally did this <laughs> <laughs> yeah everybody did in the 80s okay, and 90s so let me pause and explain for our younger everybody who's younger than us this is a, such a good scam so there was a thing <laughs> right there was no digital music if you wanted music you had to buy the 
album. Was it CDs when you were doing it, or was it tapes? It was tapes into CDs, I think. I think. I think it was moving into CDs, but it was certainly you could get tapes. So you could you couldn't just like download a song, right? No, oh, that was this is very recent the downloading. Yeah. No, and like bands would put out singles, but they cost almost as much as the whole album. So mm-hmm. you'd buy the whole album when your favorite band put out a new thing. But there were these music clubs. BMG is the one that House I did. Was a Columbia big one. House. Yeah, yeah. So you could sign up, and if you signed up, you would get like. 10 free. 10 free. So whatever. You pay for one, and then you get 10 free. Yep. And then you could cancel it. Yep. And so if you signed up with like different... Or they wouldn't bill you until you got in the 10 free. Yeah. Because there's two ways to approach this. You did the legal thing. You could sell the ones that you got at the used record stores and they'd be like brand new right so you'd get like three dollars per cd or something oh yeah so you get like 30 bucks this is a lot of money when you were broke undergrad in the 90s totally uh i totally did this i mean i i probably the vast majority of my small cd collection came from bmg from like signing up see see you did it the legal way what did he do he just (laughs) ordered them and never paid <laughs> he would just like join get the 10 free records mm-hmm. or cassettes or dvds they may have been cds, CDs at yeah. the time and then just like ignore everything else and he'd, and he'd always put it under a false name like a slightly <laughs> false name it'd be like instead of smith it'd be Smythe or Smythe <laughs> with an e or smithy with two e's and an ey and he'd be like that's not me <laughs> I don't know how you got this address. And they're like, well, where are the 10 free CDs that you ordered? And he's like, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> he would just totally either ignore or deflect. And he, That's I mean, so he would funny. just be like, I got a ton. I mean, he must have gotten hundreds of CDs That's for that. He still probably has it stocked from that. I, I mean, I definitely, like, I would get my favorite bands and listen to them and, uh, and then sell them to the used record store. I see, selling them is a, but he's just basically like these record company, this Columbia House place is a freaking racket, and screw those guys. Well, I mean that's true. The whole thing was such a racket. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hilarious. I follow. I'll have to look it up at some point in this three-hour po- podcast. I'll give you the name. But on TikTok, I have followed this lawyer in Chicago who does debt collection law who's a fascinating follow. He does mm. really, really good videos. Um, and he talks about like what you would do, like if a company were to come after you for not paying a bill like that. I'll, I'll find his name. Yeah, which is done. limited and you can fight back. And you can fight back. Yeah. He's like, if, Especially they, if, if they call you, you Smithy have to say this, this and this. That's, That's right. And they owe you a letter by this time and they have to prove that you're this person. And if they don't produce it, then they owe you money yeah. and you can call a lawyer and they'll do this. It's very interesting. Don't be intimidated by debt collectors. There's a whole Fair Debt Collection, Collection Act, Fair Debt Collection mm-hmm. Practices Act that very much limits what people can do to screw you on debts. But they won't admit that on the calls and they will try to scare you if they call you this is the thing that this guy said if you get a call from a debt collector you just say don't call me again i want all further communications in writing and then they're not allowed to call you again and if they call you again after that it's a violation it counts as harassment under the fair debt collection protection act and they owe you like a thousand dollars every time they call you that's right and so if you're tired of them calling you all you have to do is like say that all future communications have to be in writing, and then they're not allowed to call you again. And if they do, they owe you money. There's a whole problem in American society where there are clear rules, and the people in power ab- 
just ignore the rules and hope that people don't know them. Yeah, like, that's right. A, see also the police and yeah. these everything, the companies, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to get your law education from TikTok. At the same time, there are some very good lawyers on TikTok. Sure telling you what to do in kind of normal life situations. Don't talk to the cops. Yeah. Don't admit anything to anyone, period. (laughs) It's like, officer, am I free to go? And if the answer is yes, you go. And if it's not, you say, why am I I, being detained? Why am I being detained? And I plead the fifth. And where is my lawyer? I mean, never talk to the cops without a lawyer. Never talk to the cops. Just say, I'm not talking to you without a lawyer. Every cop would tell you this. If you're just like asking a cop casually for advice, don't talk to the cops without a lawyer. Get a lawyer. It makes it so easy for them if, because most criminals just confess. They're just like, yeah, I shot him, but I had a good reason. And then you're already in jail. And it doesn't matter what the good reason is. You're but in jail. There's lots of people who don't commit crimes, who confess oh, because yeah. the cops will will talk at you for eight hours. Oh, well, that's the other. That's yeah, that's the whole thing. Right. Or beat you with a with a pipe. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even if they're not like the psychological pressure of being questioned for eight hours, like, don't do that. Get, ask for a lawyer. You have a right to a lawer and you should exercise that and right. And then no, shut up. Nothing bad will happen to you. Shut. There's a great there's a great like pair of lawyers on Twitter and their whole thing is like the cops are talking to you and the other guy's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> It is amazing to me. I'm a civil attorney, not a criminal attorney. Yeah. The awkward silence is the best friend of the police, the mm-hmm. prosecutor, the plaintiff, the attorney who's trying to get you to, to like just asking a question. And then even if you get an answer, if you just quiet for a while, you can really get the other person wants to fill that silence and wants to keep talking and wants to. Be your yes. friend. I mean, all the super human, uncomfortable. All the human instincts are used by used are, are are in play when you when the police is talking to you, right? You're across the table for a police officer. They ask you a question, and, and you, you give should an, just shut the fuck up. And you give an answer, and they either look like they're displeased or disappointed in you, or they think mm-hmm. there's more there. They don't even have to say anything, and then you like try to explain, and then you. Then you dig a hole, then you dig deeper, and then you dig a hole. And then at some point, you're in trouble. Yeah. Ask for a lawyer. I'm not, I'm not even like on the super far end of anti-cop. I, I mean, actually, I'm pretty far. But I'm not all the way. But still, ask for a fucking lawyer. Yeah. I Don't mean, talk to the cops without a lawyer. Here's the thing. If you haven't done anything, shut the fuck up. If yeah. you've committed the murder, confess. Fine, fine, fine. If you've done it confess it's better for society just just fess up and say look i had a bad you know i'd like fucking freaked out and i shot all these people then then it's easier for the system that's the system supposed to work (laughs) but if you didn't do anything don't say anything look so when i was finishing my master's degree and applying for phd programs i didn't know if i was going to get in to phd programs i didn't get into any phd programs when i applied out of undergrad because my gpa was so bad Stupid Chicago. The University of Chicago. Well, you know, I changed majors my fourth year. So when I was applying, I had like one programming class that I had actually finished and I had a C in it. Um, So the University of Chicago let me into their PhD program with the agreement that I would leave with my master's and I would teach a lot for them, which worked out great. It was sort of exploitative on one hand. On the other hand, I got exactly what I wanted. I mean, you didn't sleep for four years, but that's fine. Yeah. Well, two. Two years for the master's, but yeah. It seemed like four years because you didn't sleep. It sure did. You put Uh, in enough hours for four years. It was very hard, 
and and you know i did much better in the master's degree since i had time to do it as opposed to doing the whole degree in one year like i did with undergrad but i didn't know if i was going to get into grad school so i was like okay you know i'm applying to these grad schools um but i better apply for some jobs also because if i don't get into grad school i have to do something so i also applied to the nsa uh, who is very enthusiastic, still is still to this day, 20 years later, very enthusiastic about having me come work with them. And uh, so I interviewed for a position as a crypt analyst, which is a code breaker at the NSA. Uh, they decided to hire me. It's totally your jam. You would, they I would have been still, great. They would still job. be lucky to have you today. Yeah. They know that every time I go, <laughs> like I go, the, the NSA is based in Fort Meade, Maryland, which is pretty close to College Park. It's pretty close to where we live. And, uh, so I go give talks there all the time cause they have, you know, they have academics come in and talk about stuff. I just did a virtual one with them, but every, normally I go do them in person. And every time I end up in somebody's office going like, so would you be interested in coming to work <laughs> at the NSA? And I'm like, no bitch, I would not. <laughs> um, nine to five sounds terrible to me. Um, but yeah, they, every time I go, they still try to recruit me. Um, so anyway, I, I applied, you know, this is when I was finishing my master's, I applied for a crypt analyst job, a codebreaker job. They offered me the job and then you need a top secret security clearance. Obviously I had had a clearance before, but the NSA has special stuff with their clearance. Uh, so I had to get a polygraph as part of the clearance. Um, I've got just the squeakiest, cleanest record. I've never been arrested. I have never taken any illegal drugs. I know you don't even think it's fun. You don't even think being drunk is fun. I don't even like hanging out with people who are smoking pot. Like I've never I'm, smoked pot. I'm sorry. You don't even think being drunk is fun. I know I don't. <laughs> it's super fun. That only happened once by accident. And no, it was you terrible. should try it. It's I, fun. I tried it by once on accident and it was terrible. Right. You overshot. <laughs> that was so bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm like squeaky clean. But I also get super anxious when I'm being questioned about if I have done something bad. So my NSA polygraph took like eight hours. Oh. I was failing on my name. Oh. So they... Well, that's consistent. That's good. That's smart. They give you... Spy. They're like, Spy. is your name Jennifer Golbeck? So they, they strap a Spy. thing like around your rib cage that measures respiration. It's like a, like a cord like a spirally cord, kind of like an old phone cord or like you have that you put around your wrist, like with your keys. The phone cord, yeah. Yeah, you need to be closer to the mic, dear dad. Phone uh, cord. I was laughing, so I was, <laughs> you know, didn't want to subject anyone to So that. that goes around your rib cage and it measures your respiration, basically how you're breathing because your chest expands when it's you like breathe. It's like a 1930s medical experiment. And then you got things that go on your fingers that measure if you're sweating oh. through your palms or through your hands, right? That it would, goes I would fail. And so they'd be like, and it's all yes or no questions. It's not like you see on TV. You can't it's explain. Like, yeah, tell me about, you know, tell me about the last time you saw this person. They don't ask that. It's all yes or no. Oh, my God. So you can't explain. No you, explaining. It's like, when did you stop beating your wife? Ugh. Yes or no? <laughs> did you stop beating your wife? That's what they would ask <laughs> <Right>. you. <laughs> You'd be like, hmm? Isn't that That's a trick question? But I was failing on like, is your name Jennifer Golbeck? I would fail. I would fail before I spoke. They'd be like, is your name Jennifer Golbeck? And then the thing would like, pew, shoot way up like she's lying. I haven't even said an answer yet. Uh, that, that's how a spy would take it. Though. We, that's good. I mean, we did that. You know, the guy would like ask me the baseline questions. And then he'd ask me whatever the other questions were, which were like super intrusive. Like how many people, you know, how many people you've had sex with? It's, it's a yes or no question, but it's like, you know, is whatever. More the than five. Did. Yeah. 
I mean, you have to, you tell them on a form ahead of time, right? You fill out a form. How many sexual partners have you had? Um, They do this. The idea behind this is that it's not so much that they care how many sexual partners that you've had. I mean, maybe you hit some number where they're like, yeah, that seems a little sketchy. I don't know. I didn't hit that number. Um, No, because you're squeaky clean. (laughs) I mean, I'm not that squeaky clean. Uh, (laughs) Pretty clean. (laughs) uh, So it's not so much that they care. Oh, you know, you've had 50 sex partners. What they care is, is someone going to blackmail you about this? So if you go like, oh, there's no way the NSA is going to hire me. If I tell them I've had 50 sex partners, I'm going to tell them I've had five. Right. And someone knows that you've had 50. And then they come to you and they're like, you're going to tell me the state secrets or else I'm going to tell your employer that you have had all these sex partners and they're going to fire you or you're maybe going to go to jail and you go, oh crap, I'm going to go to jail. Then, you know, you become a security risk if you have lied to the, if your job doesn't know, where if you told the NSA, I've had 50 sex partners and then somebody comes in and they're like, if you don't give me the state secrets, I'm going to tell the NSA you have 50 sex partners. Like, fuck you, I already told them, <laughs> right? That I mean, yeah, that's totally. the thing that they care about with a lot of this. And now there's certainly, you know, things that, and this is like in the news now, right? There's like this story that's like the Biden White House is like telling people who smoked pot that they have to work at home or they're rescinding their job offers. And it's like, I guess the Biden Wait, White House could- have to work from home? Like that's the bad, that's the bad thing? Well, their, their clearances aren't being granted. Is base, the story is a little convoluted, but basically their clearances aren't being granted. So they can't, if you don't have a security clearance, you can't be in physically in an area that requires a security clearance. If you do this, which I have done on occasion, like my clearance isn't active now, but I go to some classified facilities to give talks. And so they turn these big red lights on the ceiling, <laughs> you know, right. the red light emoji. It's just like that. What? They're on the ceiling. What? Yeah. Those. And that means don't talk about anything classified. Jen's here. Someone Jen's here. Jen's here. So, uh, you know, they talk about classified stuff in the white house. And so if you work at the white house, you can't be in those classified spaces unless you have an active clearance. Oh my God, this has to be like such new information for everyone at the white house who was there under the past administration. I mean, a lot of them couldn't get clearances either. And like, you know, cause they were actually spies. The, well, yeah. So like Trump got some of his relatives, like pushed their clearances through though they didn't actually qualify for them. Um, so yeah, the story now is like, Oh, you know, the, Biden White House isn't giving, you know, is telling people that they have to work from home if they smoked pot before. But like, that's actually because like, it's illegal to smoke pot under federal law. And there's not an exemption in your security clearance for breaking federal law to get the clearance. And like some places totally give you a pass on having smoked pot because so many people have. Right. Um, But other places don't like the FBI. It's quite hard to get a clearance. You know, if you're going to be a special agent in the FBI, with pot in your background it's you know it's easier now than it was like in the 70s but so that's basically what it is and so it's not just is your employer gonna get you know are you a security risk there's also like okay you broke a federal law even though like the pot smoking is not a big one that's that's the rule that they're still trying to figure out in a lot of places so you suck at polygraphs in any case the point of this was yeah i suck at polygraphs i spent eight hours with this guy having done nothing illegal because just because like my brain sucks with a polygraph and so if you get arrested and they're like maybe we should just give you a lie detector man it doesn't matter if you did the crime or not take it 
I didn't do anything wrong. And I had a guy who wanted me to be hired, who knew I hadn't done anything wrong. And we had to be like, okay, so we're going to ask you the question. And then we're going to wait 10 seconds. Don't answer for 10 <laughs> seconds. So we're going to let it spike like you're lying and then let it calm down because you just get anxious when people ask you questions about stuff. And then you answer like that. It took forever to figure out how to calibrate the thing to give me the benefit of the doubt because he knew I wasn't lying to get it to give me the right answer. But the cops, if you're in there and getting a polygraph because they think you did something, they're not going to do that for you. So don't talk to the cops without a lawyer. Your no. lawyer will have... If the cops want you to take a polygraph and you're willing to do it, your lawyer will have an independent polygraph person take your polygraph who will spend the time to calibrate with you so it doesn't look like you're lying when you say your name and give accurate results. And that's not admissible in court anyway. But your, your no. lawyer could hire somebody to do a polygraph that they could send to the police if that's what the issue is. So don't talk to the cops without a lawyer. Yeah, you you know the the big bracket that we need to close here is the this is the first question on the quiz that you had, which is who is fascinating to yeah. you? You haven't answered. Oh, I would say <laughs> that's good. I'm just saying, I did. I give an answer. Yeah, um, that's a good question. Wait, you asked it of me. Oh, I'm just reading <laughs> off the list here. Have I met fascinating people? I've met people who are fascinating in different ways. I mean, yeah, I feel like I've Prince met a of lot Norway. of... Sweden. Sweden, Norwegian, Prince of, Prince of Norway. He was super Sweden. nice, but I don't know that he was like especially fascinating. I mean, there were parts of his life that were like super interesting. Like who is the highest profile person I've met? No, that's not the same. You're I've right. met a lot of those. Like I don't... I, I guess I'm not... I'm not especially impressed with people. I mean, neither are you, like, based on your answer, right? Like, this is, like, my college roommate was really interesting as opposed to, like, mm -hmm. I met this famous person. I met the Dalai Lama. He's fascinating because his personality is so different from mine, yet I really like him. And, yeah. you know, we're good friends. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't have a good answer to this question. If we were on a first date and you're like, what's the most fascinating person <laughs> you've met? I'd be like, I don't know, man. What about what you? Kind of pretentious question. <laughs> Uh, what's the last book you really got into? Ugh. Now I answered this one already in like a the last podcast where I talked about books, which was the Ugh. guest list. I haven't read books in a while. I mean, I'm I'm reading a bunch of rowing books. The Brad Lewis book, Assault on Lake Cetus. Yeah. I'm rereading the Amateurs. I mean, this is like there's three or four crew books. Yeah. The Boys in the Boat, but I read that years when it came out. I can't. I read that before. You know, before it's cool. <laughs> That's a good book, though. Yeah, I should read the. Um, the African-American, the one we watched the movie of, A Most Beautiful Thing, right? The, oh, that was a great movie. About these Chicago rowers from a shitty neighborhood who put together a rowing, rowing program. And yeah. Weren't that good, but they really liked it. It was kind of the thing that like gave them a thing to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were like, this is this is something we can do together, and it's, it's, a great it's documentary. on the water, and it's you know something we have, right? That's cool. Yep. yep. So. All right. Well, here's here's one that we can answer. What are some movies you've really enjoyed? <laughs> just easier to do the negative of the ones we haven't. But Jared, so Jared and I, uh, did we talk about this on the podcast before? Or did the I shark just ones? Yeah. I don't think so. I, I don't think this was a full-fledged plan until... Apologies if we've talked about this before. Uh, so I installed... So I was, we have a Roku TV and it showed me an ad for some like haunted London show which I clicked on and it downloaded an app called uh, Fubu, free, free flicks, free flicks, something free. Watch free flicks, I think is what it was called. Good. 
which had a bunch of like why beam. would you do that that's like a spam thing well, <laughs> it, get... it basically was spam yes uh so it's like second rate tv shows and b movies <laughs> does with... it really say second rate? no no this is my description <laughs> with commercials added which is why you can watch them for free are you sure it's not voodoo <laughs> no we do have we have voodoo we got hulu we got yeah all right a it's bunch not... of the other ones just... watch free flicks, watch free flicks. f-l-i-x flicks <laughs> And so they had a category in there called Sharks We Love to Hate, which had a bunch of uh, crappy shark, B-shark movies. and Which <laughs> there are a remarkable number. There are many. So they had nine. Um, and we tried to watch one on Watch Free Flicks, but the streaming quality was so bad, it, it, we could watch like two minutes and then it would just buffer. It would freeze. Fortunately, every one of those shark movies was available on Amazon Prime. So we added them <laughs> on Amazon Prime, which also had, you know, like 30 more. Yeah. Uh, so we've been watching bad shark movies. Like basically every night there's not a Caps game. We watch a bad shark movie. Um, so basically, I would say the rule is if sci-fi made them. So sci-fi made Sharknado. And mm-hmm. in the wake of Sharknado's success, they made probably 20 more crappy shark movies. Avalanche sharks. Other Sharknados. There's like three There's or like four. There's like three or four yeah. Sharknados. Uh, but Avalanche sharks was definitely them. The Plan- six-headed shark might be what theirs too. Planet of the Sharks, which we watched like two nights ago, was them, oh, yeah, which was, was quite theirs. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, the sci-fi ones are, I mean, they're really bad, but they have a plot. They and have like a budget. Decent production value. It's not great special effects, but it's not... I mean, no, it's like the bad special effects are so bad. You put a bunch of pretty good writers in a room and tell them you got two weeks to put it, put out a a script, a corny shark movie. We'll give you like a million bucks to make a movie. That's about right. Yeah. I mean, like, so Planet of the Sharks, which we watched like two nights ago, it's like the polar caps have melted and the entire planet is underwater. There's no land anywhere. So everybody lives on these flotillas. Water world. They're going to launch a rocket (laughs) with a CO2 scrubber into space. That's going to get rid of all the CO2 and bring the planet back to normal, which spoiler alert at the end of the movie, they do. And six months after launching the rocket, the water is receding and there is dry land again. So it's turned out it's real easy to fix global warming. We but should just shoot a rocket. I don't understand why. We mysteriously, there's a, also a bunch of angry sharks. Really angry sharks. Working together. And one of them is like a robot shark, which is unexplained. No, like glowy shark. Yeah, it lights up and attacks people. Robot shark is something different. <laughs> there, there was robo shark. We did watch that. Uh, there's a wind surfing action sequence in yeah. Planet of the Sharks. Yeah, it's really bad. They blow up a volcano, it's, an underwater volcano. It's kind of like Waterworld meets Mad Max meets... Jaws? Air Jaws, like the <laughs> Discovery Channel, Air Jaws. <laughs> Meet Sharknado, really. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so the, those have been... We count that as good. That was pretty good. Then there's some other like independent ones. Canadian that, ones. Oh, they're so, so bad. There's one. So we watched one and it opens with like these two girls on this sort of rocky beach on a lake. Like you can rocky, see rocky, not sandy. Like the, the, it's rocky pebbles. And also it's a freshwater lake that you can see across. It is not a giant lake and there's sharks in the water, but there's, so, okay. They lay in their bikinis for like 10 minutes on this beach and then they go in the water. Is that what they have a splash fight? They have this splash fight, <laughs> which like should go on for five seconds. And it's like three minutes of the movie. Like, it feels like <laughs> half an hour. It feels <laughs> like half an hour. Who, oh, just, and you're like, who splashes? What the, how what annoying is this? Doing? <laughs> but they're splashing each other for like half an hour. 
so they have all that. So fine, we watch this stupid movie. There's like an art heist. It, oh it's God. terrible. All and these the, movies have a depth problem where everyone's standing until the shark comes and then it's like 300 feet deep yeah. all of a sudden. <laughs> like, but they're all standing around in the freaking water. Yeah. And then all of a sudden when the shark comes, it's like from the depths comes <laughs> the shark. Yeah, and the posters have like a yacht in the middle of the ocean and a <laughs> helicopter and like flames and this massive shark. And like the actual sharks, even CGI'd, are like half the size of a great white and it's in a freshwater lake in Canada. Yeah. There's no helicopters or flames. So anyway, we watched this one Canadian movie. And then the next night I'm like, okay, here's a different bad shark movie. Voodoo. Land shark? Voodoo shark. Voodoo shark. <laughs> And, and it opens with a girl on a rocky beach on a lake. And Jared Dad's like, man, that looks just like the beach yesterday. It's and I was like, freaking lake. it really does look exactly like yesterday. And I look it up and it's the same director. He just goes to the same like city park, like outside <laughs> Vancouver to film. It. And so I was like, so I, I live tweet these on the Jen Runs With Dogs. Like, okay, we're watching this shark movie. And I was like, you guys, this <laughs> sh- Voodoo Shark is the same director as the last shark movie. And the director on Twitter is like, yes, it is the same guy. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, dude. You maybe need to shoot someplace else other than this park in Vancouver. This, shark, this movie had, like, them running around in the woods and the shark chasing them through the woods. Down a path. It's a ghost shark. It may have been ghost shark instead of voodoo shark. But if you hit, oh, it might have been. If you've watched Jaws, like the actual movie Jaws, there's a scene on the 4th of July at the beach where it opens with some kids in the, uh, what is the video game? Arcade. Yeah. When they're in the arcade and there's like a shark hunter video game and it's got like a, a, like a hologram shark like dee, 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 like digital outline shark that's what if you remember the scene that's what the shark looks like in these movies that's the quality of the cgi that's the inspiration for 1975 video game shark is the level of yeah. it better than 8-bit but not much oh barely <laughs> no that's right uh so we've any in any case almost every other night we're watching bad shark movies yeah so that's a thing. But that's not the last book. Wait, was it the last movie? What what just... What are some movies you've really enjoyed? Oh, well. I mean, these are fine evening fillers. Mhm. No, I would not say we've really what enjoyed them. I enjoyed. Ugh. Do you have like favorite movies? Favorite movies. I used to be like a favorite real... movies the Blues Brothers, but it's like that's like the classic oh, for all times. It's a good one. Come on, that's awesome. It is a good it's one. It's a ode to Chicago in the 80s, Chicago in the 70s. Like 1981, I believe, is when that movie was filmed. Blues, Aretha Franklin, Chuck Berry. Oh, she's Sperry. so good. Aretha Franklin is, is it, so it is good. A, it is a, it's priceless. That is a great movie. Whoa. Not just because of those two stars, but because they have like such great blues artists in there and just like doing their thing. Sorry, I almost fell over refilling Dad's sangria. Um, yes, no, that's that's very good. Blues Brothers probably is, is way up there. I I have like a weird mix of feelings because like I used to work as a projectionist at the student theater oh, at the yeah. University you of could, Chicago. You, could, you were like a film snob. I really was. Yeah. Like my favorite movies, I used to say like the Red, White, and Blue trilogy, which like you don't need to go see any of those. But I saw a really? ton of like foreign films and like very art housey things. Um, 
which are, you know, I still think are very good. Red, white, and blue, really? Aren't they like complicated and problematic and very deep much so? And sad, very much so. Yes, three movies. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. I, oh, I know. I know. Enough. You know. I'm just explaining for those who might not know. Like, no, I don't. I don't. I've never watched them. I just know cocktail party level. Like, <laughs> there's one red, there's one blue, and there's one mm-hmm. white. Yeah. yeah, and they're like not Fellini, but it's kind of like artsy French stuff. Yes, no, Fellini's like Italian. I, I understand that too. Uh, but I had like a, eight and a half was one of like the four DVDs that I owned, which is Fellini. There you go. So depressing, uh, but also like I really like watching Ghostbusters. So Jaws. You, I mean, you have DVDs of movies that you really like. So this I have like, is like nine a, DVDs. Yeah, it's like a select group. This could be considered your favorite movies. One of them is Puppetry of the Penis. That's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, puppetry of the oh penis. God. This is a. I don't even. I can't even. You go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can correct me. So no, I'm not going to correct you. I'm embarrassed and, embar- and and apologizing. Puppetry of the penis is a live. So it's sort of like if you were to watch a comedy show on Netflix, right? Yes. It's a live stage comedy performance. By two Australian guys, which I think is why GR Dad <laughs> likes it. Uh, yep. 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 Making funny shapes with their junk. Oh my God. They're full on naked. Yep. We got the DVD. So this talks a little bit about how old it was because it's not that long ago that there was stuff that you had to get on DVD. You couldn't stream it. We've been together. They since had a live show in Roslyn, Virginia. In did you the, go? In, no. No. No, which is why I had to get the DVD. So, I mean, Jared Ad and I started seeing each other in 2011. Um, and mm-hmm. it was, I don't know if we were married when we did, when we got this. But, the, I mean, 2011, there was a lot of stuff you couldn't stream. No. You had to get DVDs of it. So I bought the DVD of this, and it came like a day before we went on vacation to Vegas. Yeah. So I have this very clear memory of being in like the Venetian Hotel in Vegas and had looking down on the Bellagio, the more expensive yes, Bellagio fountain. Right. Yeah. Though I got to say, the Venetian. Were we in the Venetian? We were in like the parallel. That were we in the Aria? Aria. No, no, we've stayed. Also at, known as the Aria. <laughs> <laughs> the very first time. Cosmopolitan. Cosmo. Cosmo. Now, uh, so the very first time Jared and I went to Vegas, we stayed in the Aria. <laughs> it was very tense. Uh, I called the Aria. And Jared called it the Aria all the time. Unrelated. I I didn't get that it was the Aria. <laughs> Aria. Uh, yeah, Giardad, I think, was very stressed out to be on vacation with me. It was very early when we were dating. I mean, a few months into when we had started dating. You're very intimidating. And I'm very intimidating. I mean, that's true. That is definitely my experience. Um, yeah. But it wasn't then. It was. This was like maybe New Year's in the... Cosmopolitan. It wasn't the Cosmopolitan. So so we stayed in the Aria the first time, and then we stayed in this Venetian hotel the second time. But it's not the... I'm trying to look it up on the map now. Uh, the one next to the Bellagio is the Cosmopolitan, the blue yes. lights. So we stayed in the Aria, and then we stayed in this Venetian hotel, and then every time since then we've stayed at the Cosmopolitan, which is blue like a little light. plus. The Palazzo. What the... That's the name of the place that we stayed. Palazzo? The Palazzo, is it's like the tower connected to the Venetian. Oh. So it's part of the same complex, but it's just, you know, they have like different feels in each one. So anyway, okay. we're in, in the Palazzo, 
and we've got this room and it's got like a little sunken living room space and then separate from the bedroom space and it had a dvd player in it and we had brought the puppetry of the penis so while we're on vacation in vegas i was like touching up my nail polish and we're watching the dvd of puppetry of the penis of these guys like manipulating their junk all i remember i remember it being very funny but i remember them making it into a hamburger shape. i remember the hamburger too yeah yep. so that's a thing it's something they're painless I don't know that I would say that that's one of my favorite movies. I know. It doesn't count as one of your favorite movies. We got The Exorcist. We got Jaws. Oh, The Exorcist, yeah. We got... Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. And then it's like fine. Then you you have a few others that are fine. But like those are your go-to... Or Jaws is like your go-to relaxing movie these days. That's a good one. I will say that when it came out in probably 1997, Darren Aronofsky's movie Pie, uh, which was very indie film, it... Uh, I probably saw that 15 times in the theater. I really connected crazy with mathematician. Film. Yeah, who has migraines and he ends up drilling a hole in his head. <sighs> uh, I haven't seen it because it sounds just hard to watch. It's very intense. I was in a very bad relationship at the time, but I remember dragging my boyfriend who was into it to that movie. I mean, I saw it in the theater a ton of times. I, it really spoke to me at the time. I don't think it probably would now. But Funny how you don't have that DVD. No, I, I wore out my interest in the movie you know it's just Good. it's like with a favorite song and it's just like now i've heard it like the 1354th time i've heard it i am done with it and i'm not interested anymore that's sort of how i am Oof. um let's see what's your favorite non-alcoholic drink coke zero yeah, i drink a lot of diet this coke is kind of like interesting that's like not a very interesting answer i do like to drink shrubs i'll add that yeah, I don't drink them all that as much, nearly as much as Diet Coke, but I do like to make one. And I've been, since this is for length, not, you know, interesting. Yeah. I've been into non-alcoholic beers lately. Yeah, you have. To complement the actual beers. Uh-huh. If you have any interesting non-alcoholic beers, you can send them to Jared. What's that stuff called? Athletic Brew? Something. There's some new place mm-hmm. in, I think, Colorado that's really heavily marketing. I mean, they do like Instagram ads. Yeah, uh, of, yeah alcohol-free beers that are that taste good they're they're beer-like i mean mm-hmm. they're not exactly like beer but they're good and they're good after a workout they they seem to they they quench your thirst they t- taste sort of like beer yeah maybe athletic it's got to be i think it's beer. athletic beer and they athletic and they brew. ship right which is a big yeah. thing these days right you can buy like two six packs and, and get them shipped yeah so i'm kind of into that when when i'm not drinking Coke's here. Yeah. Okay. So number 10 is where have you traveled? Did you go to Tajikistan? I've been everywhere. You went to some central. Tajikistan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell us about that trip to your dad. Cause that's an interesting, I have been a lot of places, but I have not been to Tajikistan. It was a work trip. Obviously I had yeah. to go to Dushanbe, Ooh. which is, it's interesting. I was checking in for the flight. This is a work trip. So I had, you know, it was like, and the person who was checking me in for, united or whatever it was probably at, at the time you can't fly direct to no no you we had to, you could fly through turkey or you can fly through st uh, petersburg riga st riga. petersburg no Re, i think riga one way st petersburg the other way yeah other way yeah um i think i flew lithuanian air there but but you can also fly air tur- air turkey maybe turkish air turkish air yeah. from turkey from ankara uh, from Istanbul. Anyway, the person who was checking me in in Dallas 
was just like, oh, you know, Dushanbe, it's so funny. You keep saying Dushanbe. That means, just means Monday in Persian. I was like, oh, okay. Well, it's the name of this, like the capital city of Tajikistan. <laughs> She's like, well, it just means Monday. <laughs> Apparently, there was a Monday market in huh. Dushanbe, and they called it Monday, and that, that's the name of the capital in Tajikistan. So I never knew that. But So I flew there. And, you know, we were supposed to have someone from the office pick me up, but it was, this is the World Bank, and there's a bureaucracy, and no one really gives a shit, so no one wanted to wake (laughs) up. But I had to fly through St. Petersburg, couldn't get a visa, I mean, couldn't get a, didn't get a visa for Russia, so I had to stay in the airport. Yeah. And it was a whole thing where I was like, you know, I don't speak Russian, and all the announcements are in Russian. So at some point, they were like, some guy, like, comes around, he's like, Tajikistan, you know, flight, whatever, you know, air, air, Lithuania air 432. And he like escorts you through past the metal detectors in some back door, you know, past everything else. And then you're like, I hope this is my flight. And yeah. then you just get on a flight and then it's another six hours to. So we flew, yeah, flew to Riga first and yeah. then and then to Tajikistan. So you get to Tajikistan at six in the morning, at three in the morning. Oof. And it's like a, I don't know, it's like an elementary school terminal. looks like an elementary <laughs> school. And they just have, you know, a bunch of guys with big, giant USSR hats. Like the big yeah, hats, the big right? Furry that was hats. a big thing. No, no, not the furry hats. Like the big, oversized policeman's hats. Like oh, yeah. Those flat ones, right? Yeah. That look, look ridiculous. And a guy with a stamp. He's the guy with the hat and the stamp. <laughs> and it's three in the morning, and he doesn't speak English. I don't speak Russian. And he's just like... I'm like I don't know I'm traveling for the World Bank you know here I here's my visa here's he's like I don't know and he's like probably if you gave me twenty dollars it'd be go faster and I was like (laughs) no I'm not going to give you twenty dollars so he he like lets me through at some point I don't know why I don't know what the questions were (laughs) and then at three in the morning I'm like in this weird deserted terminal looking around for the driver for, you know, my office. And there's no one there. Of course. There's like a bunch of... So some guy pulls up in a minivan. And he's like, drive? Ride? Car? I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, World Bank. You know, I want to go to the World Bank building, right? And so I had the address. And he's like, mm, okay. <laughs> so I got in this minivan with this dude. Which is like, you can tell I'm not a woman, right? Because it's, this I was would gonna be say, rape no murder. Would be, this would be rape murder right there. And it, this could have been murder still. And I was like, fuck, I might get killed. <laughs> he didn't look like a killer guy. But <laughs> they never do. He's driving me through the down to 3 in the morning, 3.30 in the morning, the middle of the night in Tajikistan. I don't know from Tajikistan, right? So he's driving me through these big streets. And he's like, and I was like, what? He goes, Russian embassy. And I was like, oh, cool, great. And he's like pointing at things. And he's like, and I was like, what is that? He's like, presidential palace? I don't know. I was like, okay, cool. You know, great. It's dark. I don't I don't see any of this stuff. And he's like, ministry of this. And I was like, wow, you're giving me the tour. Just drive me. I think I'm going to the Hilton. Just give me the Hilton, you know. And so he gets me in at like four in the morning. <laughs> I get to the hotel and I give him some kind of money. I don't even know how I paid the yeah. guy. I mean, it, I probably had some, had exchanged some Dushanbe, some Tajik, Tajik currency before. or I had like dollars or something. Yeah. 
I probably gave him a dollar and he was like, oh my God, this is Yeah, pretty, it always is like that. It's a this nice is thing. pretty good. It still is pretty good. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I went to Tajikistan and it's like a weird little dictatorship where they have a real mix of cultures. Like they still have like, you know, old fashioned shepherds and, you know, in their fields. And then all of a sudden it's a presidential palace with like Saddam Hussein, like crossed sword kind of decor and it's like the golden lion and all this crap it's a very weird little place yeah they have a lot of water there they all, they control a lot of the water into <laughs> the other Kyrgyzstan, former republics Kazakhstan, yeah, yeah the stands yeah. yeah yeah so that was a weird little trip yeah. that is a weird one yeah but that was a business trip I, for fun i think i've been in every continent except antarctica yeah. How you doing? Not not that good. Yeah. I've not been as on, good as you. I've been everywhere. I haven't been to Africa or Antarctica or Australia. Yeah, well. Yeah. I've been to Asia a few times. I've been all over Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Too South bad. South America. We went together to the Galapagos. That was great. That was great. Yeah. Um, that was a trip of a lifetime. It it was. So we I we played hockey with this guy who was like an assistant deputy secretary of defense who was just amazing. He was a medical doctor. So he was in charge of all the medical stuff for the department of defense. So in charge of the VA, everything medical for DOD, he was great. I mean, he was just brilliant. He, this is the guy that how like, are you gonna, how are you going to pull this into Galapagos? But go ahead. I, I will. Cause he, yeah. it's the direct version. He got, I think, he messed up his bicep playing hockey. He, he maybe got it. hit by a puck. He, he tore it. Tore oh, he it. did. That's right. He tore it taking a slap shot. So he goes into surgery, and he's a brain surgeon. He is literally a brain surgeon. Literally he's a also brain like, surgeon. is he a colonel or like he's he's a high ranking yeah. officer too? He in, was one of the, the first black Navy SEALs. He's a Navy SEAL. He could kill you. Yeah. Also, I love this guy so much. Oh my God, he was the best. And and eventually he left DOD and and dc to go be the dean of a medical school somewhere i mean he's amazing so he tears his bicep playing hockey and he has to get surgery on it so he goes into surgery he's like you're not putting me under for this i'm gonna tell you what to do so he just has basically like fucking local anesthetic he's like so that better they damn it cu- they cut it open and they're like well we're not gonna be able to you know the scar will be a lot bigger if we go to this he's like cut it open <laughs> like just cut it open he's like yelling at the surgeon he's like let me use my right hand God, <laughs> let me yeah, yeah, yeah. God, this guy's awesome so uh <sighs> he and i got along really well um he was a great guy sarcastic but you, he's a freaking navy seal like they try yeah. to kill you during all phases of of navy sealed him and he and he was not just a seal he may have been a seal instructor i mean he was like badass he, yeah he's the one who and he really liked me which is always nice like i really admired him but he also thought that i was awesome yeah um so we put together he wanted to do a social media campaign about like fitness for the yeah. army and he's like they tell me it's going to cost a million dollars and i was like Pfft not going to cost a million dollars so he's like okay well i know this guy who used to pay for the st louis blues so he flies like me the goalie from our hockey team him and a couple other guys out to st louis to practice with the st louis blues to and film like, this thing videoed for the for the army we vid- right? like literally me with a borrowed video camera from the dod <sighs> who was the goalie who's the seven for bishop 
the goalie was like yeah. something bishop who's seven foot tall he still person. plays yeah yeah and he get, like our goalie from our crappy dealy hockey team like he gave him his stick at the end of it oh my god so the saint blues was were like we didn't have them in much of it but they were like super nice about it you know filmed this thing with us and then like our pal like the dod guy like his contact whose dad had been like you know 20 year like professional hockey player and then he had played professional hockey and was also in the military like he owns a liquor distributor in st louis so he has like a warehouse where they distribute like beer and liquor and stuff so he took us to like a cardinals game because he has a box there like the you know like eight of us best connections oh my god and then back to their warehouse, which is downtown St. Louis, like, you know, walking distance from the stadium where they've got like those, you know, the pallets of beer that go up to the ceiling. And he's like, come on in here. And they have like a bar. And he's like, here's the liquor we're thinking about distributing. And I was like, I am so into this. So they have like, you know, this is like cherry flavored moonshine. I'm like, give it to me. It's like two in the afternoon. Give me. Everybody else is like, yeah, I don't know. And I was like, I want to try everything you have back there. I'm not afraid. Oh, it it was like an amazing trip. I think we ended up never doing anything with the footage anyway. The <laughs> point being... <laughs> never completed. <laughs> no. Uh, I tried really hard, but I, you know, I think... Uh, it got lost in the bureaucracy. Our pal got really busy, and I'm like, I, I need you to re-record this bureaucracy. audio. Maybe. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Locke, who's the guy that we're talking about, I was talking to him after some hockey game. So, you know, like we all get dressed in, in the locker room. I'm the only girl on it. There's two girls on the team, yeah. basically. But whatever. I mean, like, we're all adults, right? So we're all getting changed in the locker room. And I'm, like, talking to him. And I was like, you know, I would really, I would love to go to the Galapagos. He's like, I just went on an expedition, like, with my friend from the University of Michigan where he had been a professor. He's like, my friend is a biologist. Like, she, was, she did a research expedition. Like, I went on her boat down there. He's like, you have to go before it gets fucked up because it's amazing, but it's going to get fucked up. And I was like okay <laughs> and so wow uh, it He's was a, right about both yeah it was a time where i was doing like a ton of you know the kind of side work so we had a lot of extra money coming in and i was like <laughs> you were just like fine we i've made x amount of dollars we have x amount of dollars to spend this month i was like ingo do you want to go to the golf coast and Ingo's like yeah and i was like okay um <laughs> Duh. i got money i'm gonna find the nicest like the most luxurious option to go to the galapagos and uh, it turns out there's not a wide range of options for the Galapagos. Do you think he needs to go out? I don't know. The, the cheese cube is standing up, which is rare. All right, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. So, yeah, he's like, uh, you know, go before it gets fucked up. The turns out the best options from my research, if you decide you want to go to the Galapagos. The fanciest. Yeah, the fanciest are doing... Uh, a National Geographic cruise or Silver Seas. We did Silver Seas. Uh, the cruise ships are really limited down there, so they're about 100 people max. Yeah, Ours, if you think it's going to be like a Disney cruise no. or a Miami cruise with you know, <laughs> Norwegian lines or something, it's not going to be like that at all. No, the cruise ship that you get on will have rooms for everybody, and there will be a common room where you could briefings about the excursion you're going to take, and there's a teeny tiny library, and that's about it. There's no casino. There's no pool. No, there's no pool. There was no swimming pool. There's like a restaurant, which is fine. A limited bar, too. Oh, my God. It the was bar a was limited bar. Bad. I didn't drink. I couldn't limited. drink for free, and I didn't drink, <laughs> which tells you about the quality of the drinks. Yeah. Uh, I lost weight. 
on the cruise. We both lost weight. Yeah. That's the last time we both lost weight. Which is not to say that, so we went on the Silver Seas. It's not to say that it was bad. It's just not, not like the kind of Disney cruise that you think about, which has like casinos and lots of entertainment and shows. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would never do it again, but I got so sick on the cruise. Uh, We also don't like to be told what to do. Yeah. Being part of sheep, like being part of a group activity and all of it was that, right? So it, it kind of all combined, but also, you know, the food was buffet food. It was fine. It was fine for that. Yeah. But, but we weren't, I don't know. There were no snacks. It was like, it was not like, I don't think they had a store we could buy chips no, or anything, right? No, they didn't, no. I mean, no. our normal lifestyle of acquiring calories didn't work there. <laughs> no. Uh, at the same time, it was amazing. Like, we went swimming with sea lions. I played tag with the sea lion where I'd like... Oh, my God, you pet the sea lions. i bop it on its little, like, back fins, and it would, like, loop around and boop its little nose on my feet. And it was I'd like a dog. It, on its back it fins. was like It a was dog. amazing. It was yeah. amazing. We went swimming with we saw so sea much. turtles and yeah. blue-footed boobies. And we saw so much. It was amazing. Like, absolutely trip of a lifetime. Would never do it again because I got so sick on the boat. Yeah. And uh, it was a seven-day cruise, which is about as short as you can do down there. Yeah. Because, you know, you leave from Baltra. There's so like you, 14 islands or something, right? Or more, 20 islands. Yeah, you fly from either Guayaquil or... Do you remember the other city that we flew from? I mean, we ended up flying from Guayaquil. So we flew from... Yeah wherever it was, to Guayaquil. And then you fly over to Baltra, which is in the Galapagos, right? You used to go, you go to Ecuador. Yeah. You fly to the Galapagos, which are west. Uh, and you land in Baltra. It's got an extremely strict intake customs where they make sure you don't have any seeds or That's like right. any Oranges contraband. Or something, yeah. yeah. The, everything is checked. Um, and then you get on the boat there in Baltra and you go around a bunch of islands and then the boat, land you back I in think Baltra. it's Guayaquil you don't go from Quito you have we, to go from Quito that's to, right so we flew into Quito and then yeah. we flew Quito to Guayaquil and Which Guayaquil is the to port. Baltra yeah yeah um and then so you get on the boat in Baltra you cruise around the island whichever way you're going to do it the islands uh we I mean we crossed the equator twice yeah it's very cool I mean it's, it's super the concept cool. is awesome because you, you you move at night right so it's like you you wake up in a new island it's, yeah it's really cool yeah yeah um, and then you end back at Baltra, get on a plane, and then we flew Guayaquil to Panama yeah. to Newark. <laughs> I was so sick. So I got, I'm, I get really motion sick and I had the little patches that you like put behind your ear, which did help with the motion sickness, but I had all the side effects that go with it. And then I took them off, but I was, and I don't know if it was before or after I took them off, but I got land sick. So when you get off the boat, like I felt like I was going to pass. I was quite certain I was going to pass out. Like I started sweating oh my God. and got really woozy, had to like hold my head between my knees. Anytime I was off the boat. I have an image of us going to the, like the biggest, uh, the one you go to last, the biggest island in, in, it has the, in the Galapagos. Yeah. Yeah. But like we were on the shore Yeah. and you were on a bench and you were so sick and there was like a sea lion under the bench and you're just like, <laughs> I can't, can't even deal right now. I'm just like <laughs> feeling so terrible. You had your ha- like your head down, and there's a freaking sea lion sleeping basically one bench over under the bench, and you're just like, oh, I cannot. I just cannot. I, I cannot. mean, I was sick for 
I think two weeks after we got off the boat. Like yeah. I, I get really motion sick anyway. I had one sick, like you were hung over, like you're just oh, unsteady and terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. I, I had a cold, some kind of head cold. Uh, I remember it kicked in when we were in New Orleans a few years before this, where I got weird vertigo, which I had never had before. And, you know, had stuff that could manage it, but was never really seasick before that. And then after I got that, it was really bad. And so then seven days on a boat was like the worst thing for it. Um, so we were coming home. So you fly from Balta to Guayaquil and then we fly Guayaquil to Panama and then you have to we had like an eight hour low layover eight hours in Panama City or something and you have to go through customs you have to leave through customs and then go back through it was way too long and I almost passed out literally at the desk in customs and I was like I'm gonna pass out here on the floor and they're gonna like send me to a hospital or something they're not gonna let me like enter the airport it was, I mean, like I was, my body was sweating, like my legs were weak. I couldn't feel things. At some point we ended up in a lounge. I think it was in Panama City. It was like the first class lounge in Panama City. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I was smart enough to fly as first supposed class. supposed to be fancy. It wasn't that fancy, but There it was were fine. kids everywhere and fine. I was just curled up in a chair. I just remember I some like, dude vacuuming. It's like three in the morning. Oh, some terrible. dude's like vacuuming around your feet. Like we do around the dogs. He's like. Like, it was like i was, was really like, i'm gonna just die and the guy's like i'm gonna vacuum here i'm vacuuming vacuuming and i was vacuuming. like ingo please bring me water oh, and he'd God. come back with these like, like get the fuck out of here dude stop vacuuming somewhere else if i ever had any question about whether ingo was the right partner for me he proved it on that trip he took such good care of me i felt so bad for you i mean it's God, just so, so terrible bad. when you feel physically so disabled when you're traveling it's the worst it's the worst i remember talking to a flight attendant on one of those flights i don't know if it was why it was I coming out of panama city I panama think. to newark yeah. and i was like i need water and she's like offered me a little bottle i'm like do you have anything bigger than that and she had you know these like the one gallon. and a half liter like big ones and i was like i need that one she's like it's really big i was like i'm really sick just leave i need it that here. entire bottle of and water she did she's like you want some ice with that and she know, did she no like she was nice, nice about it she's like can you have do you want a blanket because it's also 32 degrees in this plane because flight attendants are really good when you're sick uh yeah and then we landed in newark so one of the side effects of the medicine which is the patches that you stick behind your ear is that you lose your ability to focus your eyes (sighs) exactly which i totally had a lot of people who have used those totally had like you couldn't read i mean it was like me with reading (laughs) I, i was like I can't imagine that my vision changes with age this quickly, like over the course of two days. <laughs> but it was like that. No, and you had that in, in the, on the cruise too. I think it was I like did. Once you stop taking the patches, the whole thing. I was like, why can I not read this bottle? Spiral, yeah. So we land in Newark at like four a.m. because mm. it was the only option to get back, and so we had rented a car to drive from Newark to back to our house, which was like a four-hour drive. <laughs> Newark in Virginia, <laughs> Newark to Virginia. Yeah, and. So I'm like, I'm fine in terms of like awakeness. But I remember like leaving Newark and getting on the Jersey Turnpike to drive south and not being able to read any of the billboards because like my eyes couldn't focus on them. And I was like, I think we let you drive because if I drive, you get cars. (laughs) I do. Like the whole thing is like a complete conundrum. Yeah. So the trip is like this weird mix of like the stuff we saw was just like mind-blowingly amazing. The experience was so good. Yeah. 
but at the same time, I got so sick. And you're so certain you're not a cruise person now. <laughs> never, never will go on a cruise again. And I mean, I was, it was like two weeks. There's people who do cruises like that, who have motion sickness and get this land sickness, who permanently get disabled, where like they sit down, like oh you God. sit and you close your eyes and you feel like you're tilting to the left. It's like you're always drunk. The, the yeah. room is always spinning. Yeah. This is room spins. It's terrible. It's awful i've had these alcohol induced it's terrible you have to sleep with one hand on the floor it's and it and they get like that permanently i mean like it never goes away it's crazy and so of course like since i'm so anxious about how i feel about like my health stuff uh i was like oh my god am i gonna be like this forever but it you know it went away after two weeks two weeks two weeks Think about every day wondering if you're going to be messed up all yeah. your life. It's a long time. Yeah. Never will go on a cruise again. It was. I was like, I just, I had to go to work because I, you know, didn't want to deal with your crap. <laughs> but like independent of the sickness, I also felt really <laughs> trapped after about five days. Like, we God, both, I have just We both, sucked. I mean, and, and you, this is not about you at all. This is like, we both yeah. were just like, we were going to, there was like a tiny gym with like <laughs> two... Like three ellipticals and a bike. Indoor indoor running machines and yeah, like exactly. There was one gym on the on the thing. There was like a hundred people on the on the cruise, right? It wasn't like that many people mm-hmm. on the plane uh, on the ship. Hundred people, two hundred crew or something ridiculous. Yeah. But we had just nowhere to go, and we didn't want to hang out and play cards with like the old six, people, sixty year olds from Newark or whoever <laughs> else was there, like Long Island, you know, couples. It was a lot of that. Uh, and so it was a little claustrophobic and it was a little limited in options. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like one of the big cruise ships where there's tons of stuff to do. Though even, I will say, even there, we would probably get sick of going to the yeah. casino after night three or something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. At some point though, I went to the gym cause I was just like, I, yeah, I feel so stuck. So I'm in the gym and it's basically just me for a while running I think on the I must treadmill. have gone on some shore trip that you didn't go you on. You might have. You went on a couple where I was like, it's too cold. Like, I'm I not think it was just like looking at sea turtles or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was cold. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, the water's pretty cold. And uh, you went out, I think you went out snorkeling. And mm-hmm. I was like, I've seen whatever the thing is that you're going to see. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. not going again. So I'm in the gym running on the treadmill, like to keep myself sane. I think one lady come in, came in was and was with me but the you know it's all on the boat right so the treadmill looks out of the boat onto the water there's windows which is cool it it was cool and so we're in the middle of the ocean right and there's a bunch of like stingrays manta rays manta rays breaching the water like a whole pot of them so you look out there and there's just all these like rays like like flying out of the water and landing and i look at the lady i'm like you're seeing this, right? Like, I'm not crazy. Uh, it was really amazing that there, there's just like dozens of these rays just like like shooting out of the water and yeah, like flying yeah. through the air. That was pretty awesome. It was a great, from experiences wise, it was an amazing trip. We will 100% never. 100% would recommend. Regret, was worth all the sickness. Regret seeing all the stuff. That's it, right. was, it was amazing. And, and, and our friend's right. It'll get fucked up. It'll get fucked up. Unfortunately, everything else, the, the whole climate change thing is just killing yeah. the Galapagos like everything else. Yeah, that's Apparently, right. Apparently, cold water is better for Colder marine life. Colder is better, yeah. And everything's getting warmer. 
Yeah, so you get the El Nino and it totally fucks up. Like there's this huge die-off of penguins and fish and, and all sorts of stuff. Iguanas and I mean everything, birds, everything just gets ruined and it, and it happens every year, for frick's sake, now. Yeah. And look, it's pricey to go to the Galapagos, even if you don't do like the fancy thing that we did. Like it's expensive to get down there. But if you look like a lot of cruise lines, like the cruise that we looked at, like we booked the cruise and we could have taken included airfare that, I mean, for like 150 bucks or something cheap, right? Like I, I wanted to upgrade to business class, which was, which ended up being worth it. In hindsight, totally for the lounge. For sure. Yeah. Um, but like 150 bucks, like that's super cheap to fly to Ecuador. And so, you know, if you're interested in kind of like nature tourism, like looking for a Galapagos trip that you can go on, it's incredible. I mean, everything down there is amazing and you, you can do it on a budget if you do the research and pay attention. You yeah, know, we, and, and Ecuador does a good job of, marketing the ecotourism and making it safe and restricting it i mean that's why these trips are expensive is because they don't allow that many because they don't want to get they don't want to contribute to it getting fucked up right Mm -hmm. it's global warming they can't control that but no they're they're really they're trying not to let it be over visited yeah so like if your boat like our boat would land on the end of whatever fernandita fernandita island uh no other boats could land there you know, if we got it for the morning, it was just us. Yeah, there's slots. For right, the right, 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 right. Uh, so there's not that many going at once, and, and they're pretty careful. Uh, but that said, I mean, there's plenty of cruise lines that do it. The people who were leading the excursions on our cruise line, they've worked on all other cruise lines. They're all, like, trained. But it's like, oh it's a... God, they're like national park guides. It's a national park, so, right? The Galapagos, so smart, yeah. Yeah, the Galapagos are a national park for Ecuador. And so if you're going to be working on a cruise ship you have to be certified as a national park guide from ecuador so you get the same guides no matter what it's it's you know what you're paying for is more the kind of accommodation and and perks of the place so if you're going on a budget there's certainly cruise lines that'll do that for you and you still will get an amazing amazing experience of seeing the wildlife you just you know may have a smaller room or whatever on the cruise ship but that's fine yeah right yeah. totally worth doing that, that's, that's a amazing. good cruise benefit because you do you move at night mm-hmm. you, can, you 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 are at a new island in the morning it's relatively efficient in a way yeah that's right because yeah you don't have to travel during the day that's right yeah they sit there and like you wake up and you're north of the equator and then you wake up the next day and you're south of the equator but plus you have the whole darwin thing i mean it is a very cool experience it really is amazing Oh, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. that's your favorite trip? I don't what even was know the, what question? the question was. These originally. questions are very, you know, we're, we're very loosely adhering to this format. Well, we're not, on a, we're not on a first date. So Amazing Adventures, I think, is what it is. Amazing Adventures? Oh, where have you traveled? That's what it is. That's probably the most interesting, unusual place I've traveled. Like, I've been all over Europe. I've been to Japan and I still Korea. want to drag you to Australia because it's freaking amazing. I want to go. I mean, we'll go. You know, I think we had tentative plans to go like winter 2020 and then coronavirus <laughs> fucked it all up. Yeah. Uh, he, here, not Australia. Sorry, Australia. But America's fucking it all up for everyone. No, that's right. We'll go. Um, I I have been obsessed with Australia since I was a little kid. Like, I've always obsessed, wanted to obsessed go. Obsessed with Australia since I well, you went, moved since you there, there in 19... 19- 72 yeah 
No, I would love to go, and I've got plenty of invitations. Maybe, like, if life, I'm going to be on sabbatical next year, so if life is normal in winter 2022, we can go spend a couple weeks there. Right. Yeah, you should associate with some university there. (laughs) They would have me. Nah, it'd be good. They'd be lucky to have you. Yeah, they would. Right. (laughs) I would love to. That'd be great. Yeah, fair dinkum. We, uh, I had some... Australian something. I don't know if it was a company or a conference that wanted me to come talk. And I was like, pay my business class airfare and I'll do it for free, which was the stupidest thing to say. Because they're like, well, like, like, could we do this with the airfare? Could we do this? And I was like, no, I'm doing it for free. Like normally I would charge you like $30,000 for this thing you're asking for. Like just give me good airfare and and it was this whole thing and i was like nope not doing it for that such an expensive flight i mean it's 20 some hours right it's ridiculous yeah. i think we have enough miles saved up on united that we could go for Dude, free at this I, point i love australia i think it's like i really want to go because it's america sorry australia it's like america 20 years ago in the good way <laughs> and in the bad way i remember living there in the 70s and it was like 10 years before right like and now it's like 20 years before they're You'd still like- dealing with the blatant sexism and the blatant racism and all the other crap that we're kind of slightly ahead of i would have thought four years ago but at ingo burkhardt at twitter if you have comments don't send them to me no i don't want to hear them australia is awesome <laughs> i would love to go it's a great place they have a, a just a great vibrant very interesting culture right now it's a, they're in a big upheaval i think i'm i'm excited for it yeah uh, hopefully this winter no there covid will be done figuring stuff out the way yeah the way america is but look they've handled this right i was looking less violently yeah it's good i uh i follow this journalist ginger gorman she wrote a book on trolling, internet trolling, because she she's a journalist and she was targeted by trolls. Like she got doxxed, her, she had to move her family out of her house. She and I were on an NPR show together, so I follow her on Twitter. And uh, she's been reporting on the protests that have been going on the last couple of weeks because there's a woman who reported that she was sexually assaulted in, in the... Australia. Yeah, in Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Australian, yeah. So there was a woman who was sexually assaulted in in the house of in parliament parliament yeah. yeah and report it so there have been all these protests about it so she's been tweeting about that and she there were kind of countrywide protests i think last weekend yeah and she was posting these pictures of it nobody's wearing masks well, they don't have to because right? they don't have <laughs> to they and fix was, that yeah i was like oh look at look at this thing that you have managed to control that the rest of us haven't that's right they have like the whole sexism problem and sexual assault problem that everyone else has but they've at least fucking controlled covid yeah jesus i mean hopefully soon right there's plenty of standing invitations like i could definitely go for work plenty of people would be happy to have me come like give a talk where i could like check it off the oh list. yeah um can you do work in exchange where the prime minister comes here for you going over there? So we can get him out of there. Nobody yeah. seems to like him yeah, very much. Yeah, and then much. we won't let him back. He's a uh, dick. A- apologies to Australians. I don't know anything nah, about he's your a personal. Dick. He, everyone knows he's a dick. <laughs> he does seem like he's an a- asshole. <laughs> he's terrible. Yeah, go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I would 100- I 100%. Australia is amazing. Like on the list of things I have not traveled to yet, 
Australia is top on the list of like, if I died tomorrow, I would die regretting that I hadn't been it's, to Australia. It's a, it's a shame. And may, maybe I'm wrong about this, but it doesn't seem to be a huge destination for Americans, right? Americans are more eastward looking. It's just looking, so far. Eastward looking towards Europe too, though, right? Yeah, it's like way Australia. easier. It's six hours to get to the UK <sighs> and it's like 20 hours so, to get to Australia. It's just cool. I, I think it's underrated. Australia. <laughs> All Americans should go to Australia. I I hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we get you know we have the dog sitter be like, yeah, I'll stay with your dogs for two weeks and we pay him a bunch of money. And do and it. We go stop over in Hawaii, which I've also never been to. Oh my God, let's do a separate trip. That's it's fine. a totally separate trip because Hawaii is worth a, a week too. I I'm in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right, back to the list of conversation starters for first dates questions, because this is a three-hour podcast. <laughs> it's quantity over quality, my motto. <laughs> What's your favorite international food? What? Does that even have meaning anymore? I mean, like if you had to, or if you had to order Don't out. Don't we all eat international food Yeah, yeah, now? but if you had to order out, like what would be the kind of international food that you want to get? <sighs> Like now, right now, as I sit here, Rick, that's <laughs> I, a I'm going to do question. a tie between Mexican and Indian. Wait, do we have to do countries or actual dish? Oh, I mean, I think you can pick. I'm thinking a gyro sounds pretty good right now. Euros, a gyro yeah. sounds pretty good right now, but like a German one, like a döner, like a döner. Like so, this is an interesting German thing. Like Germany has a there's a bunch of Turkish people in Germany. Oh my God! And so if you go the best food, doing so like when I go to Germany with GR Dad as a vegetarian. Oh, well, it's all meat based. um, There's no German food. That's (laughs) I mean, there's Käsespätzle, which there's like something with less pork. Yeah. (laughs) Kisespetzla. <laughs> so spetzla is like a, it's like a pasta that's sort of, it's like a fresh pasta that's sort of pushed through a little extractor thing. That's, so he's, he's laughing. It's basically pasta. Uh, and then with cheese, right? Kesa is cheese. So kisespetzla is kind of like a German version of macaroni and cheese. Uh, that's kind of the German food that I can get. But if you're in a, slightly bigger city like even when we went to Karlsruhe uh if you're in a a city that has like a a kind of main area there's going to be a Turkish restaurant and they have Mm -hmm. Mediterranean food so you can get falafel and and all kinds of or you can go to the Italian right the Italians have non-meat options also but the Germans sure as shit don't no in France we ended up going for Italian food, but in Germany, I find that the Turkish or the Middle Eastern food is a good option. Totally. No, the Germans are like, here's a meat salad. They're like, fuck you, Jen. It's called a Wurstsalat, and it has slices of what looks like hot dogs to America's Americans, and like, you know, salad and mayonnaise in it and stuff. That's called a Wurstsalat. It's gross. It's gross, but they have everything with meat. Yeah. I think... Yeah, my family has had a fight with Jen or me where it's like... You had the fight fish, on my behalf. Fish isn't very meat-like. <laughs> we'll have fish. Surely she eats fish even if she's vegetarian because it's not like meat, is it? Ingo's parents picked us up at the airport and and they're all talking in German, right? Like I understand enough German that they can speak in German. 
but I don't say much. And so Inga's like, what are we having for dinner tonight? And his mom was like, we're having fish for dinner. And he was like, we should have asparagus for dinner. <laughs> uh, because Inga knows I don't eat fish. And his mom is like, oh, she's a vegetarian. She eats fish. And he's like, there will be asparagus for dinner tonight. That's stupid. Fish is meat. <laughs> it was really nice, though. Like, I didn't have to go like, oh, I don't eat fish. Oh my God. You're just like, no, there will be asparagus. Let's stop on the way home and get the asparagus. I think I, I explained to my mom was like, fish is meat, mom. Yeah. Like, she's like, no, it's fish. We're having fish. <laughs> I'm sure Jen eats fish. I'm like, no, you were, no, you didn't ask and you're not listening. We're having asparagus. But I mean, it's really nice. Like you didn't make it about like, oh, Jen this, Jen that. You were like, it's asparagus for dinner tonight. Do you have asparagus? If not, let's stop on the way home and get asparagus. It was very nice that you were just like, you didn't put me in the position of having to say to your mom after she made dinner, like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't eat that. Or to eat it or to put it on my plate and kind of push it around. You're just like, it's asparagus for dinner tonight. I don't remember. The whole thing was so stupid. Like she knew you were vegetarian. The whole thing was so uh, dueling passive aggressivism. (laughs) It was ridiculous. I mean, I wasn't dueling. You know, me and her. It was like oh, a whole yeah. family dynamic. You were outside of it. You you could have ended up with a bunch of dead fish looking at you <laughs> with their eyeballs <laughs> on your plate and you would have had to push them around. No, it was like it was like a whole thing. Asparagus is a big thing in Germany. Oh yeah. It's so good too. It's just <laughs> basically a pitcher of butter and white asparagus. All the restaurants for two weeks in February go. Es ist Spargelzeit, Spargelsalat, es ist Spargelzeit, die Spargelzeit ist hier, Spargelzeit. Spargelzeit means asparagus time. Because they have asparagus that's harvested before it reaches the sunlight, so it's white. White asparagus, yeah. So it's it's under the ground, and they harvest it before it touches the ground. Mm-hmm. And so they have to eat it quickly, and it's only two weeks of the year. I mean, yeah. it's got to be two weeks right yeah yeah that's right so all the restaurants are pushing it and you have it like a white asparagus wrapped in prosciutto uh, in prosciutto and white asparagus with butter which is delicious it's so good. like it's anything so good. as a vehicle for butter is pretty good yeah. but this is really good too so i was like mom we're here it's asparagus season why don't we have asparagus why are we having stupid fish it was an easy out. It was an easy no, it deflection. Worked. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. I was like, you know, it doesn't have to be out about anyone. I just want freaking asparagus. Shut up. So we had asparagus and potatoes. The interesting thing about Dear Dad's mom and potatoes is that one year... And they, Germans. And Germans. I mean, I, I don't know if I can speak for all Germans, but certainly <laughs> your mom. So one year, your parents came here on Thanksgiving, and I was like, I will make a traditional American Thanksgiving dinner for your family yeah it was so nice uh i made a turkey i don't even eat turkey but i was like uh, look you guys if you ever have to make a turkey elton brown's turkey recipe on the internet just doing precisely what he says and it's the best i haven't even because i think i was doing it for my parents kind of right that was the the, the setup right i wanted to be like this is turkey thanksgiving Yeah, yeah 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 so i made a turkey turned out great Delicious. Like I got a twelve-person turkey for four or five people. The turkey was gone at the end of the night. Well, we do eat a lot. (laughs) Your dad and his dad were just like pulling pieces off that turkey. It turned out really good, even though I didn't eat any. Turns out we can eat a lot. Yeah. 
Uh, so I made the turkey, made cranberry sauce, made oh, yeah. all kinds of stuff. And then I'm like, I'm going to make mashed stuffing? potatoings. It was a, the whole I thing. I made stuffing. Like a full oh, yeah. Jabang, yeah. I like prepped everything at my house. I bring it over to GR Dad's house to kind of, you know, put stuff in the oven, whatever. I'm like, okay, mashed potatoes, clearly important part. So I like got all these red potatoes, chop them up, boil them. And, and GR Dad's mom is like, are you going to peel the potatoes? And I was like, no, I really like the potatoes with the skin on. And I'm like doing stuff in the kitchen and then turn around and suddenly Jared's mom has peeled all the potatoes because that's, that's just how you do it. Uh, this is a point of contention between me and my mother also. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, exactly. if she is like, I hate peels on potatoes, that's fine. She can have it, but she just, this is the way we do it. The potatoes are peeled. She just wanted to be useful or something because we've also had p- potatoes we peel at the table. You know, we've had things. She just decided those potatoes needed to be peeled, even though she asked me and I was like, no, do not peel them. I like them with the skin on. What else did she ask you that you said no? And you, she said, here you go. What? What? Breakfast, like a hot breakfast oh in God. German, coming to Germany where you were like, I don't uh, want to eat anything. Oh. Whenever we get like, I suck with jet She's just lag. a mom, right? She's a classic she totally mom. Is. But also, yeah. She means so well. But mom. But mom, so I, we, whenever we go to Europe, like it takes me a long time to adjust to the jet lag and, and the way I adjust to it, you know, so we get to Germany, there's six hours ahead, right? So it's like 8am in Germany and it's 3am in my brain. So if you wake me up at 3am. You feel like you're crap. You just oh, feel, I like, feel crap. like crap. Yeah. And I'm nauseous. Like, why am I up so early? I don't feel like eating anything. And dear dad's mom is like, what would you like for breakfast? And I was like, not a goddamn thing. Like, no, no, you would have a breakfast. I don't us. want anything. Would and you want like, the sausage? How do or you? Or would you like the, the, the case? Would you like the cheese? <laughs> how do you want the egg cooked? And I was like, seriously, no eggs. And she's like, I'm making you an egg. How do you want the egg cooked? <laughs> And I was like, I guess scrambled. So then nobody else eats scrambled eggs. So she scrambles me an egg. And there's an, I think we were at your, I think she's, I think you said, I don't want anything. We were at your nephew's first communion God or confirmation. This is Volker's. Volker's son's son. yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. First communion or whatever. So we have to drive from Dad's parents' house to Zabrücken. Yeah. A couple is, hour drive. No, it was far. It was like four or five hours. Yeah. So we're in the car with them. So we have to get up kind of early, get in the car. I'm like, we flew in, we spent a night with his parents and then we're leaving the next morning. I mean, I'm just no time jet to adjust. No dead. time to adjust. What do you want for breakfast? I don't want anything. Like, I feel terrible. I'm trying not to throw up right now because I like, feel so bad. Diet Coke would be good, but that's unacceptable. Yeah, that's right. That's not an option. And they're like, what do you want? What do you want? I was like, nothing. Please, I don't want anything. So we get in the car, right? I feel like crap. It's like car in my brain. It's everyone. like two in the morning. <laughs> in my brain even though you know it's like morning time in germany but like 2 and 2 a.m in my brain and i'm like i don't want breakfast so his mom was like hands me this like brown paper sack and it's like <laughs> in the need- car now or in the-, in the car yeah when we're like an hour into the car yeah. ride, you're trapped you're trapped in the back with my mom here's a banana and an apple and a hard-boiled egg and like also two pieces of bread and i was like no i can't eat anything she does this she has like she has like a tupperware with like 
I have some slices of apple <laughs> that are peeled. I also have wrapped in brown paper a uh, an egg and a banana. <laughs> you will have breakfast now. <laughs> lo- oh, also look. I made a sandwich with sl- a slice of, you know, wurst <laughs> and some butter on it. It's there, good. there definitely was bread with butter in the bag that she packed with me. And look, like dear dad's mom is so nice. She's like, well, if you don't like it, Ingo will eat it. And yeah. I was like, oh, I will definitely eat it. <laughs> she and I have bonded over our love of sweets. Like she sends me chocolates. Because she loves chocolates, and Gia Dad is like, Gia Dad's dad is like, chocolates are bad for you. They're evil. They're morally bad. And I was like, I fucking love chocolate. And his oh, mom's they've like, had a whole, I love chocolate whole too. run in about Krispy Kreme and Dunkin' Donuts too, where he's just like, donuts are crap. I morally hate them. I evil. hate them. And she's like, they're delicious. What are you talking about? They're and the I'm best like, thing ever. Eat those donuts, Gia Dad's mom. <laughs> and he's like, the, the donuts, they're the worst. Yeah, so we've sort of connected over this love of sweets, and she's so nice. Like she sends me like lint chocolates oh, and like yeah. put sneaks them in stuff for me. Like, oh, I know you like chocolate. <laughs> like it's so nice, uh, but at the same time, she's also like eat the banana and the egg. <laughs> and I'm you like, know what you don't like is bananas, and that, those days you didn't like egg. Get that, it. I'm that gonna day. puke if you make me eat this. <laughs> too much. It's too it's much. So bad. Okay, uh, back to the list. If there was an Olympic sport for everyday activities, what activity would you have a good chance at winning a medal in? Folding laundry. Oh. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> or doing dishes, because I fucking rock at you doing dishes. You are so good at both, but especially folding laundry. Oh, it's so good. I do the... I debate. I debate whether I triple fold or double fold. Like single, like one fold or double fold a towel. I debate it. You do a good job. It's a zen of folding. I love it. There's a folding is the suckiest part, by the way. I agree. There's a whole TikTok fold, like there's a whole cleaning TikTok, and then there's like laundry TikTok, where they like just fold stuff. There's a folding TikTok. I don't yeah. know if you've ended up. This yet. is where TikTok and I diverge because Ooh. you just got to do it. I don't care about <laughs> broadcasting it. Oh. I don't care about your crap. My house, my rules. Yeah. We have a certain a closet with a certain size and a certain depth and a certain width. And I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You I'm going to do it. You TikTok do such can't a good job. dictate. Like these kids on TikTok <laughs> aren't going to tell me how to fold my laundry. And I know they have... Marie Kondo has ideas about <laughs> folding T-shirts and like tucking them under. And I've seen the thing. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. looks very clever. I guess I'm just not ready for new stuff. I think you do a great because job. Because Marie Kondo, the method, is it looks like it's very organized and very neat and very tidy. It looks very appealing. Yeah. But I'm not sure it's that practical. You do a great job. Sometimes you just have to rummage through shit. I literally just am like her all method the doesn't allow rummaging in the drawer. In the no, drawer. her method doesn't allow rummaging. It's more mm-hmm. like a file cabinet. That's system. true. That's true. That's a little joyless. I, I don't know. If I, don't, I don't know if I like it. I feel you. Okay. I think if there were an Olympic activity for everyday or Olympic Olympics for everyday activities, I would get it for social media. Oh, I'm yeah. really good at TikTok. I'm really good at the internet. Holy crap! I you're, would totally win. I mean, you're a professor. Of the internet, but I have also a PhD in the internet. Rock. Also, being nice. Being nice. 
You're so nice. I love. I'm so nice. Why do people not understand how nice I am? Why is it the always the look of surprise with the so nice? I don't understand. <laughs> what would your perfect vacation look like? Oh, jeez. So here's the thing for me. It's going to visit the Keys, and we live here now. Duh. I'm on vacation every single day. We've kind of lucked into it. Yeah, I've gone I, like, what is the best thing? Uh, this is it. I was going to say Hawaii, which is like the Keys. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. very controlled climate, beach everywhere. Hawaii might be better in that there's... M I'm getting in trouble. There's slightly more of a local culture. Mm -hmm. That's there's, true. There's a whole coolness there that isn't in the Keys, right? The Keys are like a bunch of like hippies and rednecks who came here and now are just drinking <laughs> and are retired. <laughs> That's the dominant thing of the Jimmy Buffett thing, which is yeah. fine, but it's a little limiting. And Hawaii is a little deeper and a little bit more philosophical, For sure. a little bit more, you know divergent they have Hawaii, they have uh volcanoes and they have all sorts of other cool stuff there. they have an indigenous culture that we don't really have here yeah they have a cult uh, they have a, a, a an individual identity right they have an actual they're an actual state they're an actual unique island the keys have like the benefit of being florida like they don't have to grapple with any difficult stuff because they're Florida. But also, like there were, like there were some fishing camps for like Seminole Indians and other Native Americans here. But these, the islands that we're in, were not inhabited before. It's not like right. we came in and kicked out a bunch of Native Americans who were living here. Um, I mean, they the Native Americans from mainland Florida would come down here, but there's right. no fresh water. No, there was like dead bodies. For some reason here. that's i mean that's key west is the bastardization of cayohuesa which is spanish for island of bones because there were bodies you know skeletons left on the shore but there were no permanent establishments so so definitely the native americans came down here to fish and you know collect turtles or whatever but they weren't permanently living here um where like you go into the everglades and there's you know native american territory in the everglades um yeah which, and i mean really interesting right but in the keys like they would come down here they'd go fishing there were some sort of temporary places but there was nothing permanent so it's a it's different where like in hawaii there there obviously were people there before white people got there and there's a real culture to to the hawaiian islands that is you know not a thing that is here in the keys it's just you know, white people coming down to the Keys. Yeah, I, I, and as background, right? I, I'm not just, a, I'm, I mean, I've spent a few months there after you graduation, there, yeah. right? I, I, three or four months at a, at had a, a friend's job. place. Yeah, yeah, I had a landscaping job, which was <laughs> awesome. Um, but it was, there's a whole thing about the, the locals and the, the, nat the native Hawaiians and the, uh, you know, the white guys, right? I mean, this is a whole... Thing with with uh, President Obama, who's who's from mm -hmm. there, right? So you're like a Kamaaina or or a, you know a local or you know, and someone at some point during the the there was a bunch of like native guys that I the 
worked at the landscaping business floor and they're like you work really hard for a white guy (laughs) (laughs) you're the hardest working white guy that i've ever met you know like oh interesting yeah and so it was like a whole but it's a whole different approach there and it's a very and i think they're coming more becoming more aware too which is cool the islands yeah 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 and it's more of a connection to south pacific than to america in some ways it's a whole cross current that they have there yeah um so hawaii worth going to would love to go we're gonna do it at some point it's not that hard yeah um yeah i mean we're you know we have this house in the keys because it's a place where you know when we came down here for our first vacation in 2012 i literally was like oh this is the place i was meant to be living my entire life like this is the place on the planet that i belong uh so we live here and if there's any place like on the planet that i wanted to go this would be the place all right jen is having recording difficulties jen had just took out uh the cheese cube while he was out he discovered that howley was the term he was looking for for the white dude who is not from us uh from hawaii i looked it up at the same time and i agreed that is the term that the internet tells me is <laughs> what you were dear dad so good job for being the hardest working howley that your hawaiian landscaper colleagues knew yeah yeah so there you go hawaii it's worth a trip yeah i would like to go and uh yeah, like I said, I was saying the uh, the keys are one of those places where it's like, I mean, it's the place for me where like we came and I was like, oh, this is where I should have been my entire life. I, like I really found my place that felt like home yeah. instantly as soon as we came here the first time. So uh, that's why we live here. So I like going on vacation here, even though it's like drive 10 miles up the road and go to a resort here. Yeah, I mean, Hawaii is six hours away, six time zones away, and it's ridiculously far. This is closer. Yeah. Psychologically, I mean, I too. Would, I would love to go to Hawaii in our post-COVID travels, Austin, New Orleans, Las Vegas. Our list is getting longer. <laughs> it keeps getting longer. Uh, so I'm fully vaccinated. It is... Whoa, oh, oh. <laughs> so fancy. I am. Uh, today is March 20th, and... Saturday, March 20th, and on Friday, March 19th, Governor DeSantis, who's a fucking idiot. We hate hate him him. so much. Uh, But he announced on Friday, to everyone's surprise, as everything with COVID has been, that people over 50 would be allowed to be vaccinated on Monday. That, it, me, it, me, it, me. That's totally me. That I, I, I mean, no discute, discussion. I'm totally over 50. Every other state has like a list of priority <laughs> groups and tiers and whatever. Oh, my God. In Florida, it's just like when Governor DeSantis or organizes <sighs> the next group, that's what the next group will be. And we'll let you know what it is when he decides. And it's been like donors to Governor DeSantis yeah. first. <laughs> it's so much bullshit. Old people and donors so for a liter- long time. So it literally was 65 and over and medical workers who dealt directly with covid patients and that was it but not even medical workers who didn't like it was a whole there no, was a whole you, gray zone there it it was terrible uh and it still is like that if you're if you're a frontline medical worker and you're not generally directly dealing with covid patients you can't have a vaccine unless you're old enough it's or entirely like age based or like a firefighter or yeah. like a police officer no the scientist is like not enough money in it for me. Sorry, not enough money. In any case, he announced Friday, mm. to everybody's surprise, uh, 
because they had it had been 65 and older for quite a while and then like last week they're like okay 60 and over and then the demand wasn't especially high and so he's like okay 50 and over as of monday i'm just making this shit up says desantis so on friday morning he's like i'm signing an executive order today that as of monday anybody over 50 can get the vaccine so i was like that is gr dad i'm getting a vaccine for him and you know the the keys are very as we've mentioned very small the population of the entire keys which includes all of the everglades and then all of the florida keys uh that's monroe county seventy-five thousand people total for the whole yeah, county which is right. in terms of land mass or whatever area that it covers is huge um but as a small number of people yeah we have not nearly enough vaccines for all the people who want it down here as is true of Miami-Dade, Broward County, over by Naples. Right, for like, the opposite reason, right? They have too many people, but, you know, what are you going to do? All we're, of South Florida, every place that gives vaccines is We're booked. not politically interested. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. That's yeah. because we're liberal compared and, to DeSantis. And poor, yeah. Um, so all of South Florida has their vaccine sites booked. So we found a place... <laughs> Like in Tampa, out like an hour w- east of Tampa. Sorry, between Tampa and Orlando, yeah, it's like close to Central Florida. There might be alligators there. There are definitely alligators. There could there. be alligators there. Is it Lakeland, Florida? It's not Lakeland, no, it's but it's like some Auckland or freaking Oakland <sighs> or something. Anyway, I found a Publix pharmacy know. that had spots open on Tuesday. Monday, vaccines open for people over fifty. There was an open slot on a Tuesday, so I'm like, Jared, Dad, you're flying to Tampa <laughs> yeah. and then driving it, or you're flying to Orlando, driving an hour and a half to this Publix yeah. to get your vaccine in like the evening on Tuesday. I'll be like, Are you an alligator or a crocodile? Does the teeth go <laughs> up or down? Is the is pointy the snout nose or curvy? Pointy nose? or curvy? Because <laughs> I can't tell. You're in the middle of nowhere. God, it's such a mess. It uh, is like meadow meadows or something. It's like weird oaks. It's, it's the middle of nowhere. Name. Yeah. It's yeah. the middle between Tampa and Oakland. But they're like once you... Orlando. If you look at any... I mean, and I was like inching my way up, right? I was like, okay, yeah. Miami-Dade, which is the next county like above the Keys. Nice. Everything's Try. booked. Over on the Gulf side, everything's booked. Okay, let's go up to Palm Beach County. Everything is booked. On the Gulf side, everything is booked. Like I'm inching my way up. St. Lucie, that's like a five and a half hour drive from here. Everything is booked in St. Yeah. Lucie County. So you really have to get like halfway up the state. This is like a six-hour drive from here. Like Like 645. Yeah, 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 yeah. almost seven hours. That's right. Six and a half without traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so it was like it's it's easier and more reliable to fly to Orlando, rent a car, and drive, which is like stupid that we can get it because we have the resources for GR Dad to, you know, whatever. We 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 played with miles. Resources, miles. It equals miles. (laughs) <laughs> I have a lot of airline miles and to points. fly GR Dad to Orlando, rent him a car so he can drive an hour and a half to get a vaccine, book him a hotel on miles overnight. Uh, it's stupid, but whatever, you're going to get vaccinated. Yeah. So yeah. this is not one of the excited. questions of the first date thing, by the way. We would not be dating yet if you were no. like just discursing into like vaccine talk, blah, blah, blah. Zoom date. <laughs> zoom date about vaccines i'm sorry about the zoom date thing that people have to go through i that mean you're sucks. the problem i'm fully vaccinated 
I'm interesting. Shut up. <laughs> I could date somebody who had their vaccine. You said it's quantity over quality. So <laughs> all I got is quantity. Quality. Sorry. Quality. Okay. I got no quantity. How about this one? What's your favorite app on your phone? Green. Oh, I'm sorry. What? The 23? No. It's ah. Favorite app on your phone. I fail again. Uh, you know, I, well, interesting. It's been, yeah. is this even an app? Do I even have an app? Uh-oh. Twitter has been a favorite, right? Mm-hmm. There's like a whole, because I get weird, it's a weird thing to get curated news. Yeah. But news from Twitter. Mm-hmm. And now TikTok, because you're on TikTok. Yay. <laughs> you like TikTok even if I weren't on it. Nah, I like it I was you're your gateway it. drug to TikTok. Totally. Yes, yeah. I totally admit that. You're my gateway drug to many things, like good food. Mm, that's you know, good. Um, dogs. <laughs> many dogs. <laughs> Lots of dogs. I had a dog dogs. before. She was the you best. You had one dog. She was great. She was the best. Now you have six dogs. Also uh, the best. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, I got to say TikTok maybe. Twitter maybe. is good in terms of, Giving you a lot of information if you follow the right people. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, if I, if I, if like a meteorite is going to hit the earth, I think Twitter is going to tell me with, for sure. with the people that I follow, right? That that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I rely on that for up to date news and if, yes, take on the news, but also news. Yeah. So I still think Twitter is very useful. What is the silliest fear you have? silliest fear yeah i don't actually know this answer for you a lot of these i feel like i could answer for you what about you you can't just ask me you gotta be um, i'm afraid of bugs with lots of legs or that are abnormally large which is good because it's it's a silliest fear right that like they won't Mm -hmm. hurt you probably no like those millipedes that are like the size of your forearm like they don't hurt you they don't bite or anything but i'm fucking terrified of them. those aren't here no, you know the where they are? Goddamn Hawaii. They nah. have Oh, yes. I have watched like nah. the HGTV buying Hawaii and if you go on the right island, they have they put like freaking tape traps down like in the doorways and like under your garage nah. door. Oh yeah, because they got those millipedes in Hawaii. They found one, and they're Mm-mm. using it for the, mm. all those oh, HGTV oh, no. shows. I remember it very clearly. There were a bunch of them stuck on those tape things. Nah, they were all like thing. fake. Nope. Like nope. Nope. Worms. They nope. were fake. <laughs> fake worms. Uh, well, I lived there for three months, and they were like no. It depends on the island that you're on. They're not on every island. I saw geckos. Yeah. That was no, cool. it depends on the island. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are terrifying. What was the question? strangest fear silliest fear that you have oh like that's like everything's going to be a disaster and everything's terrible and i'm just like a pessimist and it's terrible (laughs) that is definitely your fear the fear fear is that nothing will work out and everything will be uncertain yes uh that's a psychological thing (laughs) what would be your best city to live in and let's exclude washington dc or the florida keys from the list if you had to move someplace other than dc or the keys Sydney, Australia. Oh, that's a good one. I'd I'd follow you to Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Australia is beautiful in the sense that San Francisco is, that Seattle is. Like, there's deep water. There's blue skies. It's a port city. It's a, it, I mean, the scenery is amazing. 
and it's it's got like diverse neighborhoods and it's like I don't want to say like Seattle or like San Francisco, but it's got like it's got conservative crap and it's got liberal crap and it's got like all sorts of stuff. Sydney is very cool. Mm. Melbourne thinks it's cooler, <laughs> but it's more nerdy. Like oh. Melbourne is more establishment, Commonwealth, British, royal, uh, stiff upper lip. M- Melbourne is good and they have some very good neighborhoods now and they're very cool. But Sydney is cooler. Oh. Sydney has surfers. Sydney has Bondi Beach. And Sydney has, you know, the Opera House and the Harbour. And it's, it's cool. See, like, I don't know anything about this. I would do Sydney. I would... One one city in the whole world where you could live, I'd live in Sydney. All right. I'd follow GR Dad to Sydney, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, if GR Dad were dead and I had to pick, I probably wouldn't leave the U.S. because I don't know. Fair enough. Um, Go to, I, to San Francisco. New Very Orleans. close. Oh, that's better. San Francisco is more like Sydney. New Orleans is more like New Orleans. Like it's really its own thing. Fucking it's its own thing, yeah. Like, I love the culture. We've been to New Orleans a lot. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I really love it. Like, I love, like, the really unique... <sighs> feel of it it's it's very much its own place i love anywhere that's got a lot of like live music i mean this is the thing like key west new orleans nashville uh austin live music is very good the live like really good live music and it's really part of the culture and it's everywhere it's different in all those places key west and nashville and austin and new orleans but it's everywhere and it's really part of the culture. Like that's great. The food is really interesting. I mean, that's true in all all four of those places. I, I mean, I could live in all four of those places. Like we're here in the Keys, but New Orleans, Nashville, Austin. Um, you know, I have friends who have moved to to Austin who are like, mm, not sure, right? <laughs> like it, it's definitely Texas. It's Texas, which is the problem. But Austin it's an enclave is in so Texas. cool and right. For- they have the capital there, though. There's so many terrible people there. It's a real mix. Yeah. Um, but, but the Austin part of Austin is f- so good. I love, love Austin. Nashville was really surprised by, like, thought it was going to be fine and fucking loved it. Uh, but I think New Orleans, like, if you were like, you can't yeah. live in D.C., you can't live in the Keys, I'd be like, find me a place in the Garden District. Like, I'm moving to New Orleans. Like, yeah. I really love the culture totally, of New Orleans. Totally. Yeah, that's right. Uh, if you can't live in Honolulu and you can't live in Sydney, live in New Orleans. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, what household chore is just the worst? The worst. Wait, the worst? The worst. That's what it says on this list. I love it's household the chores. The worst. They're the best. <laughs> I think the worst household chore is like doing work. I didn't like the work from home is sucked ass. Yeah. Um, Neither of us really minds. Like, if what's the worst for me? No. There's nothing that I scrubbing hate. pans with like the burnt queso. <laughs> yeah, with like burnt egg or burnt queso. That's hard. I'm sorry, I do my... that all the time. So what? They're delicious foods. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's the about? thing. Like we have I a think, deal. I think about like the household chores. Like if I have to scrub toilets or scrub the plants, like none of it's all that bad. Nah. No. It's we, fine. We don't mind household, household chores. Household chores. I mean, I pick up the dog's poop. I clean. You know, we we. Pick up the dog's poop. We clean mostly out, you. We clean out the pots and pans. It's fine. What, what's what's like? There are chores are good. You're moving things forward. It's productive. It's fine. It's good. It's good. It's good. 
What country do you never want to visit? Mm. I have such a long list of countries I don't want to visit. I think you said China, and I'm sort of on board with that. I think I would draw the line at, I don't want to go to China right now. It's just like, fucked. I, I feel like that too. Not that there aren't amazing things in China. Like I also don't, really don't want to go to India and I fucking love the food. I, I love the parts, culture. I would go to parts of India. Like it would be a rough trip in some ways, right? It's like, yeah. it's like a real culture clash to go there. But I think it'd be worth the, the, the interesting culture clash. Yeah. I, I mean, India over China. Yeah, sure. Yes, but for yes, me, yes. it's just like when I go someplace, I want to not have to worry about certain things. And I feel like India and China, they have different things, but are both on the list of like, it would make me feel like it was a hard trip. Russia would be bad, too. I mean, oh, for, I, for I would not go to reasons, Russia. I think Russia is right out. Actually, fucking Russia. I, Fuck Russia. <laughs> Russia. Sorry, in, people in Russia, but the government, your government sucks. You are absolutely right so i've actually told my speakers bureau like i don't do a ton of international speaking outside of COVID times i've gone to korea i've gone to the uk like i've done a few international events but not a lot um but i've been like hey absolutely not russia or china like Fuck they're that. they're on the list Fuck where it's like that. if someone yeah. wants me to come voodoo where is he outside oh uh, if they're going to pay me a stupid amount of money, I still don't want to go to Russia or China. Russia for obvious political reasons, and then China because of the level of um, digital surveillance. You know, as a privacy expert, knowing what they do with digital surveillance in terms of like monitoring all your interactions and doing stuff in China, like really not comfortable with that. My hesitations on India are are nothing cultural like that it's much more just like there's such a stark contrast of like the way that we travel with the poverty that you encounter in the cities like that's a difficult thing to deal with and you know i think would be in a lot of other places but uh you know like we haven't traveled to jamaica or other countries where there's this like really stark difference in the economic situation of tourists versus locals but i feel like that's something that really manifests itself in india that doesn't sound super fun to me um and i don't really know how to deal with in a smart way um so it's a little bit different than china or russia where it's more of a political decision all right dear dad has just picked up a red stripe hooray beer hooray beer okay you ready for the next question on the list? I'm not actually going linearly through the list. Are we doing nine hours or just three? We're on question 50 out of 116. Wait, so. we didn't do 50. I've skipped some. Yeah, I'm not completely math cognizant, <laughs> but that's not been 50. We've had like three questions. Get the F out of here. What has been the best period of your life so far? Uh, oof, oof. I'm, I'm going to say... Now, I keep trying to make it better. You're, I mean, being with you has been the best period That's of That's right, life. it has. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, it depended on me. End of story. Oh, okay, all right. No, good. that's it. I mean, physically, I like my 20s physically because I was like in good shape and I was like, you know, buff. <laughs> <laughs> you were real buff. That was the right? 80s, so it was, I was buff. <laughs> um, but 
now is pretty freaking good. You're awesome. You're awesome, too. What am I going to say? Yeah. What's expensive but totally worth it? <sighs> Champagne. I would also say champagne. Champagne is like expensive. It's not that expensive. You buy it not in a restaurant. It's not even that expensive. 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 I, so I'm sure we've talked about this, but just to kind of put the background, since this is like a three-hour podcast, uh, you know, I, I didn't grow up drinking wine at all. GR Dad did. I didn't. Mm. And... I remember like after I got my job where I had a tiny amount of disposable income talking to Dave, a friend of mine who is on the faculty and being like, Dave, you drink wine. I would like to learn about wine. Like, what do I do? He's like, I don't know, man. Just like drink some wine. <laughs> I was like, this is not fucking useful. <laughs> That's the best advice though, because it's like, it's true. It's not talk about wine. It's drink wine. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, like that's too big. Uh, you know, I want to be able to like look at a list and pick a thing and like understand what I'm doing. So I was like, all right, I need to be more narrow than just like wine. So I'm like champagne. Like I like champagne. I like stuff that's fizzy. I'm going to learn everything about champagne. And the really nice thing is like, if you go out to dinner at a restaurant that has a sommelier and you go, I don't know a lot about champagne, but I'm trying to learn about champagne, what can you tell me? Like, I, I just want to learn some stuff and I don't know a lot. They are so excited <laughs> to tell you about champagne. Which may be a life hack about everything. It, but by, it may be. But, but certainly champagne and wine. When I started on this, I was like, okay, so I'm going to learn all about champagne. We went to Volt, which is Brian Voltaggio's restaurant in Frederick, Maryland, which seems like way out of the way. It's like 45 minutes outside of D.C. It's but like he halfway was, to Gettysburg. Yeah, he was on, you know, some Food Network shows. He's got sort of celebrity Iron shelf chef. status, yeah. celebrity chef status. Um, and his restaurant, it since has closed and rebranded itself as something else. Like he still owns a space, but he revamped it. But Volt was like, great. You, there was like a table oh 21 where you'd sit around like this curved bar around the kitchen and that you get so good you could watch the chefs do 21 stuff. courses you know little courses each one's like a oh, bite so good it was so good and so we the first time we went to dinner there and they anytime you go to like a really high-end restaurant like that you know where they have a michelin star kind of close to that they've got a good sommelier and so i was like look i'm trying to learn a lot about champagne i don't really know what i'm doing yet you know, do you want to recommend something? Do you have any advice? I mean, that guy spent like half an hour with us going he like... He was so, like, he was a little bro-y, but he was like super knowledgeable about like, this thing does this, and I feel this way about this, and he was so knowledgeable But like, if sharing. the bottle says NM, it means this. Like, <clears throat> you want to look for RM, which is like recombinant something. Like, I don't even yeah. know the terms in French like, yet. Yeah. But like, this is a grower-producer. That's what you want to look for, because that's going to be interesting stuff, and like, NM means this. This is a special club, because here's they're, where it they're is competing labels. with something. Yeah, no, no, it's so good. It and I was really like, good. give, great, like, give us a bottle. Like, mm -hmm tell us what to buy and so he brings us a bottle and so we've got this bottle of champagne i was like this is really good oops your bottle's gonna fall over there dear dad kabam uh, you can just put it on the table you don't gravity. have gravity <laughs> your dad's always worried about putting stuff on the table during the podcast so he balances it on all kinds of weird it's, stuff it's a complicated process yeah so we're at 
vault and the guy brings us a bottle. So we're drinking the bottle and then he's like, I just opened this bottle of Vilmar for somebody else. I think you'll really like this. <laughs> and so he like pours us extra glasses of this <sighs> other champagne. And I was like, this is exactly what I want things to taste like. And he's like, so if this is the thing you like, like this is the thing you want to ask for. And you just do that five or six times at a restaurant with like a good sommelier and you're like, you know, I had a Vilmar at Vault and like, that was really great. And I tried this other thing and it wasn't like, you just, you know, you write it down and go like, according to my notes, like I liked this thing and not that. Um, they teach you all this stuff. Talking to people about their passion mm -hmm. will let you have, they'll share their passion with you. I mean, yeah. they're, they're like super, they love it. It's their passion, right? That's what they do. And sommeliers are passionate about wine and champagne and they will, they love sharing their their stuff with you. I mean, it's a it's a thing, right? If you if you're not a dick to them, and if you say I would like to enjoy what you enjoy, they'll share with you. It's really cool. And they they'll do it within your budget too, right? So yeah. like for the champagne stuff, I've been like, here's what I like. Tell me what to drink. Like I don't care what it costs. Like they're not going to give us a ten thousand dollar bottle no, of wine, right? No, they're not. Right? They're not snobs or dicks about it they they want to share the good stuff that they know right but if you're like look my budget is you know if you're going to a restaurant wine's obviously more expensive so you go 150 dollars is my budget what can i have they'll be like great here's because there are really good bottles that you can get for less than a hundred dollars even at a restaurant right which means you'd pay 30 or 40 for and, them if you bought them like, retail this one tastes more like rock this one tastes more like yeah. sweet this one tastes more like cherry. This one tastes more like, what do you like? Do you like strawberry? We have this. How about this one? It tastes like hemp. I mean, I don't know. They're like, yeah. they're, they know the stuff. They love it. They yeah. love it. And they will, they're not price focused. The, the good ones, right? They could be dicks. I don't know. They could be dicks. They'd be like, well, I don't know that under I've a thousand dollars, I won't do it. But they're usually into this, the substance of it. And they like the flavor and they like sharing and they like being you know sharing the whole process with everyone i mean we have gone to one two and three michelin star restaurants and ordered champagne in all of them the fanciest restaurants in the world and ordered champagne from the sommeliers and no one has ever tried to sell us a thousand dollar bottle of wine we've spent a few hundred dollars on a bottle of wine where we know that it's something like super exciting and super interesting and rare or special and you know we've set aside the money to like really indulge on this dinner but no one's tried to fleece us and if if we ever have gone like this is what we're looking to spend like every sommelier knows that that that's an issue because there are you know bottles of wine that cost ten thousand dollars and so they understand that you know not everybody can buy everything you tell them what you want to spend and they'll tell you something great in that space so yeah we've spent money on champagne but it's been totally worth it and really interesting. And now we like know what to buy at home, but also like Comey, which is one of the fancier restaurants. They have a Michelin star in DC that we go to. Like they're like, so we ordered this special bottle of something. It's not on the menu, but we ordered it because we knew you were coming the in. The guy only made 10. We have two of them. And we saved one for you. We didn't put it on the menu because we don't want anybody else to order it. We saved it for you because we knew you'd be coming. Like that's fucking amazing. Yeah, if you go to a place and you tell them you love something they'll want to give you something that you love because they're nice people and yeah. they they want you to be happy yeah and, and that's they, not necessarily that's 
That's right. It's not necessarily just at these super high end places. So like Haleo, which we used to go to all the time, uh, you know, is a middle priced restaurant. Like Spanish comfort food, really, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they would be like, oh, we know you guys like this thing. And so we, you know, we made <laughs> sure, right. like, this thing's not on the menu, but we know you'll like it. So we've just brought it to That's you. That's right. Here's some more, it's a, like cheese bread or something. Or it's like, but oh, like it's the delicious. ramps are like, oh, we know you guys liked those like mushrooms and yeah. mashed potatoes when they were on the menu and they're not on the menu anymore. But like we had a few extra mushrooms. And so the chef in the back just like made this up because we know you like it. Like if you're really clear about stuff that you love and you tell people that and like you're a regular at a place, like they're going to. They no, want to the make whole, you happy. The whole food and beverage industry is like your mom. They just want you to be <laughs> they happy. Really They're like, do stuff to make you be happy. They're like, oh, I remember you like mushrooms. I'm going to make a buttload of mushrooms, and I'm going to make you like it. Yeah. I remember you liked mashed potatoes when you were three. I'm going to make you mashed potatoes every freaking meal, you know. They're a little excessive about it. It's a little algorithmic. Perhaps it might be an algorithm. Your dad's more... I don't know, cynical than I am. But they want to make you happy, right? They want to they give do. you stuff that makes you happy. And, and if you seek advice from, from anyone in the food services, they will try to make you happy. If you go to a place that really cares about making people happy, mm. right? So mm. you're, you don't even have Fair to... Fair enough. You know, I mean, I think, frankly, if you're a local at, like, the diner around the corner from you and the you're Denny's, going in there enough... That, like, if they know... They're you like, oh yeah. this guy really likes pancakes with like raspberry syrup on them they're gonna bring you the raspberry syrup because it makes them happy to make you happy it's a whole thing. human thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. voodoo voods is making sounds at manchego who's punching him with his face you don't have to intervene <laughs> dear dad they're okay they're okay dear dad you can tell GR Dad said a few drinks by the nonsensical sounds that he's making. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. I make nonsensical sounds sober, too. There you go. That's true. You just make more of them Indeed. when you've had some drinks. Uh, what small, seemingly insignificant decision has had a massive impact on your life? Oh, my God. Is this a first date thing? Yeah, this is from the first date list. Loving I don't think you. I've got one of these. Loving you. Oh, was that wasn't small and insignificant. But no, I yeah. can think of decisions that have had massive impacts on my life, but most of them seemed significant at the time. <laughs> small? No, it's, this is a bullshit question. It's a bullshit question. Okay, moving on. That's why I've skipped a lot of these. Um, <laughs> if you lived to 100, oh. would you rather keep the body or the mind of yourself at 30? Mind? Mind. Aww. If I if I have the body of myself at thirty, but not the mind, I'm. It's useless. It's worthless. It's nothing. Yeah, I agree. I gotta have the mind. I'm, I'd rather have a the shitty, de, decrepit, the shitty body. <laughs> and, He's uh, drinking out of the bowl. This is the first time that. No, nah, the mind is most important, right? You can, I agree. You can lose your body, and I'd like to be a head in a freaking formaldehyde <laughs> bucket. Before you make a call, do you What the fuck? It's Voods. Voodoo is a menace. He's a big, giant pito bean. I'm going to let him out. That's fine. It seems what he wants. Jerk. <laughs> pinto bean. Okay, we've let out the pinto bean. Um, he doesn't like us. He just likes the <laughs> accommodations, and now he wants to be out on the porch. 
Before you make a call, do you rehearse what you're going to say? Oh, my God, yes. Do your dad phone call right? with yeah. humans, with yeah. people? Yeah. I write it down. <laughs> Are you kidding? Rehearse? I, like, write down the the number, the ID number. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, frick, yes. I do not. Oh, my. I mean, I sometimes <sighs> will think through, but I don't rehearse. Oh, well, I over-rehearse. What was the last time you sang to yourself or someone else? I'm pretty sure I did that on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, they're dogs. So we did. We do sing to the dogs. Yep. We do sing to each other goofy stuff. It's not like a whole song. It's just like... Dip, 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 His dip, name dip. is Vood. He's quite a mood. I love that dude. Yeah, Who's I mean, somewhat rude. It's like goofy little, you know, stuff. Yeah. If you knew you were going to die in a year, what would you change about how you live? I might die in a year, and I don't think it'll change in the way or how I live. Mm-hmm. Work less fun more yeah same Fuck, yeah i try to do the minimal amount of work given the possibility that i'm going to die in a year while allowing us to make enough money to do awesome epic shit although covid has fucked with this whole equation yeah. right it's made the i think it's made the die in a year thing more real for sure right yeah but it's also made it harder to like be more complacent about the like do 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 just living in my life doing my thing going my 7-eleven whatever yeah so i I don't know it's been a complicated year best and worst flavor ice cream (laughs) oh i like vanilla fuck that i like vanilla i like vanilla too yeah well but i do (laughs) i'll say for me best flavor ice creams are liquor flavored ice creams i love an irish cream flavored ice cream mm, that's pretty good uh they used to have a uh ben and jerry's used to have a flavor called white russian god i love that they they used to make these things i think they still make them called chillos which is sort of like a blended coffee drink and they had a russia chillo which is like white russian ice cream and coffee and ice like blended into a shake thing a russia chillo commie god, bastards that's so good. It's just, it's just not allowed to say that uh, but you like the mudslide thing too. That they any had. any ice cream flavor? Dublin mudslide. Dublin mudslide. Yeah. When they totally. stopped, White Russian was dead, but they had Dublin mudslide, which was like Bailey's flavored. Any kind of liquored flavored ice I'm cream. Like a brown I'm Russian. <laughs> you like vanilla? Was it not brown Russian? Brown Russian. Uh, Bailey's it would not be a brown Russian. It was brown. It, I mean, it's brown. A White Russian's brown too. So was it the Dublin fuck? mudslide? La- brown it was brown <laughs> it was brown i'm it's a brown russian <laughs> totally brown russian all modesty aside i'm sorry ben and jerry's i have more <laughs> ideas for <laughs> names for your crap brown. mix <laughs> brown russian there's a black russian yeah well That's this is thing. brown sorry it's not black all modesty aside what are you better at than 90 percent of people it doesn't have to be useful or serious it can be something ridiculous I don't know, naming dogs? That's pretty good. We're, we're pretty really, good at it. We're really good at naming dogs. Let's not let's not kid. We're good. We're so good. So good. So good. Oh. Um, how much personal space do you need to be comfortable? <sighs> more, less than you, more more than touching. <laughs> <laughs> I am sometimes like, dear dad, I love you. But I need a little more space. Why don't you, you please stop in, touching me? Why don't you go to Key West? That's seventeen miles. True. Seventeen miles away. Could we be like eight inches apart? Seventeen miles away. <laughs> <laughs> I've I have 
decorated a whole room that has a door that closes away from you ingo <laughs> that's for like working that's different than like the personal space i need stay away stiff arm <laughs> all right what's the most interesting fact you know what 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 now the most interesting fact i will oh say my god mine is very clearly benford, benford's law oh well that's... been on tv about it if you missed episode four of connected on netflix benford's law is that in many naturally occurring systems if you look at the first digit of whatever you can measure so say the area of all the lakes on the planet or the length of all the rivers on the planet or the number of followers or your credit card numbers i don't know if it would work for credit card numbers. totally would it would not I'm uh, number of friends that you have on social media if you look at the first digit so if you have like 143 friends 143 one would be the first significant digit the first digit in there uh, there's a law that says how frequent that would be and it's not evenly distributed so ones are going to be about 31 percent of all the numbers and then it has a smooth decomposition to the point where nines are about five percent of the numbers it occurs in all sorts of natural systems you can use it in court as evidence of Wait, the question fraud. was interesting not boring <laughs> it's interesting enough that there's an episode of connected on netflix about it so it's really good you should watch it it's fucking awesome it has the dogs and jen yeah the dogs are in it uh so i did the work that proved that it worked on social networks and that you can use it to detect bots in some cases and they put me on netflix to talk about it yep that's the most interesting fact i know I proved it, and it's true, and it's awesome. What yeah. about you, GR Dad? I know nothing. <laughs> I had one a fact, and I forgot about oh. it. I forgot it already. What is the most interesting fact you know, GR Dad? Don't know. You don't know anymore. Don't know anymore. I feel like we're giving your two beers and two pictures of sangria, getting to the end of the podcast. That's just what you observed. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite smell? Oh, ah. after it rains, I think the, the wet dirt. Oh, that's a good one. The wet dirt after the rain. Yeah, that's really nice. Mine is the top of a dog's head after they've oh, been out in the sunshine. That's good. The, the, oh. Sunshine dog head. Dog head smell is really good. It's, it's like really a little good. salty. It's a little bit like, oh, it's good. It's good. It's a good one. Yeah, that's Yours a good is good one. too. What machine or appliance in your house aggravates you the most? Aggravates? Yeah. I appreciate all the machines and appliances. I think they're all doing awesome jobs. I, I, it's I don't true. think I don't think there's anyone who pisses me off. What's the worst advice someone has given you? Ugh. When I was in undergrad, Go ahead. There were GRE subject tests. I'm sure they still exist. GREs, so, you can so take, like a thing. You can take the GREs, but then there were subject tests. So there's like a computer science GRE. There's a math GRE. These are graduate. After you yeah. graduate the four, first four years, right? I never. T I took the LSAT, right? So mm -hmm. I didn't take the GREs. So this is like subject matter. Yeah. Graduate examinations. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, mean, I don't even know that I took those, but I the took the regular. Schools require this or no? Yeah, schools. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting to be less, mm. um, which is an interesting debate because, of course, they have racial bias in them like all standard, standardized tests do. At uh -huh. the same time, like for me, they also show something, right? Like my GRE scores were much better than my grades. Because you're smart. Because they show. Like the freaking kick ass. That like I understand analytic ability 
that may not be reflected in my grades like you can see it in these standardized that's tests. Professors of Chicago are dicks. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, but... Uh, so I've I've been in this weird position where, like, I get that there's bias in the GREs. So you don't want to hold it against someone necessarily if but they, they get work a low in scar. your favor. But there are lots of people who have had educations where their GPAs or their course grades may not reflect their abilities that are captured in them. And so like yeah. you want to, you want to kind of give people the benefit. If they do well on the GREs, that says something. That's pretty good. Yeah. But it's if like they the do, SATs. If they do well on the SATs, that's probably good. Yeah. But if you do poor on the SATs, that it doesn't, doesn't mean necessarily anything. mean that you're bad. I, agree, right? I totally agree. And, and it makes a difference. It's a big difference. Yes. So I took the GREs and I got, uh, so they're, there's three areas. There's analytic, math, and writing. And they're each out of, at least when I took it, they were each out of 800. Mm. And I got an 800 on the analytic. Nice. 740. Freaking big brain on Jen. Yeah. 740 on the math. And I mean, I did well on the writing, but it doesn't matter for computer science what your writing score is. Seven, <laughs> but I got 740 on the math. And I talked to a professor who I won't name because he's got a sort of popular blog in the area. He was at the University of Chicago, and I was like, so I'm really interested in going to grad school. And he's like, with a 740 on the math, I'm not really sure you're going to be able to get into a good grad school. And like, a 740 is a fucking awesome score. Is like, he still in he, professorship? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I hadn't done especially well in this class. I think he didn't like me. And he's like, you're you're not really going to get in. And I got into the University of Maryland, which is like a top 10 CS graduate program. You and I you need to talk. Every, I, I just want to talk. I just want to talk. I just want to explore this thing all the faculty at chicago were just like the spring semester of mm. my last year of my graduate program i was like you know i just want to make sure i'm doing okay because i got into college park and you know i just want to make sure my scores were okay and they were like you got into college park i want i i, I just wanted i just would like this guy's contact information <laughs> all right um no no you, really i would like to I, talk I to him you would um all right dear dad i feel like we're reaching the end of your podcast abilities. What here. are you even? I'm like, you're projecting. I think you're projecting <laughs> your own inadequacies onto me because I'm full on going. I'm projecting my alcohol consumption abilities onto your <laughs> alcohol consumption and feeling like well, that's maybe, your mistake. <laughs> There's your first mistake. Maybe we should wrap it up here. Oh my God. I've like taken care of dogs. You've done I've a been, great job. I've been articulate. I've been drinking beer. I would like to drink a little bit more beer. Yep. Yep. That's part of why I'm thinking we should wrap things Do up. Do we have three hours? Because people will have been in line for three hours to get their vaccinations. I think we're solidly. Wasn't this the whole yeah. nugget that we started this whole <laughs> podcast with, with the nugget that we wanted to service? I think we're solidly into the second hour. So That's not three hours. Okay. I'm sorry. The math does not add up. Okay. Um, the limit does not exist. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm going to give you one last question then. Shit. Oh, go ahead. I mean, <laughs> sorry. I will prepare. If you unexpectedly won $10,000, what would you spend it on? A ring for you. Oh, that's nice. But I already have one of those. The you gave that one. to me when we got engaged. We have to get ours engraved, by the way. We oh have my to, God, we've, we've never been done talking that. about engraving our rings. For six years. The inside of our rings, it's freaking awesome. In Germany, in Germany, in Germany, 
you wear your rings on the other side until you're married. Mm-hmm. You get your you don't have an engagement ring. You wear like the wedding ring on the other side, and you pretty much just put in your wedding date and the other dude or lady <laughs> into the ring. So my ring would say, you know, Jennifer Goldbeck. Whenever our date was seven seven fourteen. 2014 yeah be cool why haven't you done that because i want it to be more cool (laughs) (laughs) it could be more epic it could be more epic we've been having a conversation like oh my goodness before we got married i would love to have something engraved in there yeah (laughs) me too and we go we should really get these engraved (sighs) we're like yeah what should they say and then we're like "Mm, (laughs) we should really get these engraved i think the good thing is we both know That we're going to stay married until we figure this out. <laughs> so we can like just postpone the discussion until we get like never. Yeah. And we're still going to stay married. That's it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> I like it. We should but really at some do that. Point, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> for, for Valentine's Day, I was going to give you a certificate that says we should get our rings in great. <laughs> But I didn't. <laughs> because. But it would have been a funny thing, and it would have been a thing you could have tangibly. <laughs> this year, I was like, Jer Dad. <laughs> Last year, you bought me this big fancy necklace, and I got you a rock from the backyard that I painted. No, it was awesome. That was awesome, Rock. I, you did really love the rock, but I painted oh you God. a rock from the backyard. It's by my bed. It's by my bed. <laughs> it, it's, is. it sleeps next to my bed. So I was like, this year in COVID times, Maybe we should not do wedding pre- uh, Valentine's Day presents. You, you did know, this like, like a week before. Like t- no, it was like a month before. Oh no, it was like a week. It was too too soon, too soon. It's like we shouldn't do Valentine's presents, and dear dad's like, okay, no, totally cool. So we didn't do Valentine's <laughs> presents, and then like a week later, he's like, here's this present I got you for not Valentine's Day, and then a week later, he's like, here's another present I got you for not Valentine's Day. Like literally <laughs> on like Wednesday of this last week, like March fifteenth, he's like. Here's another present that totally is not from Totally Day. not. It's a month later. How could you <laughs> how could you think? How could you imagine it would be from And I was like, I wonder if I should paint him another rock. <laughs> I guess you just win this relationship. <laughs> I don't know. I mean you're the one getting presents and I'm like, rock out of the backyard. <laughs> no, you win. You win this relationship. <laughs> All right. Well, we've done a long podcast, even though it may not have hit three hours. We've definitely expired at least one of our sobrieties. Are you looking at me? I, am, I can't even believe looking. you're looking at me. <laughs> well, you and me, I could like dance around. I could, I could drive right now. <laughs> you could not. A kayak, perhaps you a could kayak. Totally kayak. Kayak. With, with <laughs> Don't do that though. Blinky lights. It's dark out. With blinky lights. All right. Well, maybe we should just go get the vodes. And then uh, the woods is right here, right behind you. I've been carrying the woods up because the elevator has a paint job. You let him out like 20 minutes ago. Nah, he's in there. No, he's not. He's outside. GTFO, get (laughs) open the freaking window. You opened the front door and he went out it. So, all right, well, I better check out the voodoo man. Yeah, okay. Well, everybody, we hope things are getting a little out of control (laughs) here. We hope this pod- podcast <laughs> kept you entertained while you waited for your vaccine. Mock me all you want, Goldbeck. Yeah, one of us is sober, and it's not you. Look, you're the boss. You can tell me whatever the fuck you want. Okay. 
we're done with this podcast. So tell everybody, until next time, don't bite anyone unless they ask you to. Yeah. Unless you're vood, just bite whatever the hell you want because you're the vood and you eat fish. It's true. Uh, That's for the next podcast, though. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) 